Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for. You are now listening to the sounds of the Quakes and Microphones. You really think you can fly that thing? You really think you can do all that bullshit you just said? And here we go again with another very special edition of your favorite hip-hop podcast, and that yes. would be Milk Crates and Motherfucking Microphones. It is Season 7, Episode 7, and we got some special shit going on for you to kick off this beautiful month of October, one of my favorite months of the year. And by me, I mean me. I am B-Sick Wonder Ride, Mr. Brandon F. Bon Fry, and with me as always, it's your boy, his boy, their boy, everybody's boy, soldier's boy, plus the suicide boys, and that... Let's boys. get it. It's your boy, the infamous fucking nonsense. I'm glad to be here. It's a Friday night. We're going to do it like we always do. Try to give you a good show, and hopefully you're here to see it. If you're not here to see it, then you might have missed out. But I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate you having me. It's going to be a very good show. I'm very excited. We have a very special guest, um, somebody that's been holding it down for a long, long time. And I feel like we're, we're very lucky to talk to a lot of OGs, like people yep. that have been in the game, oh, yeah. music industry for a long time. And the person that gets to do that with us every single time we do this, you know who he is. Nothing new to it. He'll be in that seat from now to infinity. Used to be JS3, but now we like the call Triple C. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? Hey, tonight you better not be smoking no Bama weed. I'll tell you that. Don't give me no Bama weed. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be having a great conversation with the one and only Black Sea, uh, an original member from RBL Posse, yes, uh, Hunter's Hunter's Point affiliate, one of, one of one of you know somebody that put San Francisco. He he was one of the original persons that put San Francisco on the map oh, for, for music. Sure, for you sure. know what I mean? RBL Posse in the early '90s was a big deal. So we're very very excited to have that conversation. We'll be doing that in about 17 minutes. Um, having, we'll be kicking that conversation off and he'll be joining us. But before we do any of that crazy stuff, we got to do what we always do. And we are going to do this weekend. Motherfucking hip hop. Hip hop. Yo. This week in motherfucking hip hop, I want to just kick it off to our boy Kendrick Giroux Davis, born February 14th, 1971, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, baby. Day. Known better as Giroux the Damager. Yes, yes. He's an American rapper and record producer. He's known for his 1993 single, Come Clean, from his debut album, The Sun Rises in the East. Hell yeah. Ranked as one of the hip hop's greatest 100 albums to ever grace the motherfucking series. Classic. He's a, you know he does a lot from there and there and if you don't know him better he's been working with a lot of extensively with Guru with Guru excuse me DJ Premier yep. Gangstar of course and who've known they've known each other since high school it says here and you know I'm not gonna go too far into all this and that but guess what he's a true hip hop head and a hip hop entrepreneur and the album I want to drop off of his for this week in hip hop came out October 14th 1996 excuse me sorry. Wrath of Math is what it's called. The album is his second album produced by the man. The album spawned two singles, You Playing Yourself and Me or the Papers. You know, the album peaked the number three in the U.S. top hip-hop albums of number, you know, of the 200, excuse me. Number, you know, 
Number three on the 200. Number three? Number three. On the 200 On the 200 billboard. Wow. Pretty good. So the song I want to jump off the album over here. Come on, pick it up here. Sorry, sorry. The song I want to drop off is the frustrated, the frustrated nigga. Excuse me. All right, the frustrated nigga is what I want to drop off the album. So let's go ahead and get that going here. This is your boy with this week in hip hop, Jeru the Damager from Wrath of Math. We were having a conversation earlier. I say that it's Jeru the Damager. You say Jeru. You say I've always heard Jeru. I've heard too. I've heard other rappers say Jeru. Maybe I just have heard. Maybe we're maybe we're all wrong. Maybe we're all wrong. Song. What's the song again? The frustrated nigga. It's actually Jeru. 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 It's just the frustrated. Actually, says the frustrated nigga right here. Jeru. All right. Turn it up. Off of. His second album, Wrath of the Math. Yes, Jeru the Damager. Jeru the Damager. It's the educated field nigga, trained in guerrilla. Warfare plus equipped with mental hardware. Manifesting organizational skills, cause organizational skills kills more devils than bullets. That was Jeru. Jeru. Frustrated. Jeru. Jeru. Jeru is what I've always heard. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Jeru. Jeru or Jeru? Don't matter. Jeru. J the damager. Tomatoes or tomatoes? Tomato, tomato. The 90s is where it's at. The Hip hop. Music sure. in general. Entertainment in general. The 90s. I was telling my wife we were. Uh, we peaked in the 90s. We were watching something where. Oh, oh, oh. Days and Confused. And they're like, you know, the 60s. 
60s were sucked. The 70s, or no, they were talking about the 70s sucked, the <laughs> 80s sucked. You know, who knows? Maybe the 90s are going to be and great. everybody watches that movie, and they always think the 70s was dope. The yeah. 80s is dope. But my lady was like, yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. And I was like, ah, actually, the 90s were lit, like the best time ever. Economically, entertainment-wise. <laughs> Physically, because we were kids. They, they, that was just good. You time. also started thinking like people started to, to like start to like get in shape and work out and like all that shit was new. Richard and then Simmons. and then and then you didn't know everything about everybody. You didn't find a need to go on Facebook and tell everyone all your business. Before we get into this, before all we that get into shit. all this, what do you got? We stamping that? Oh, I'm stamping it all two day, times. Right? Two times. All two day. stamps. I'll never not stamp that. That's one of. Hip hops. That takes me back to Rollerblade days. Those are Rollerblade yeah, yeah, songs yeah. and straight skate for movies. Sure. Those it, are good songs. Those are that's like a foundation song. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like that's like a hip hop builder. This is what. This is the type of music. Remember, we always talk about that when you're trying to show somebody like you're like ah, I listen to this type of music. And like oh, you listen to rap music or you think like on the radio and you're like no, it's like a little different than that. And you show them some shit and they'd be like I've never heard this before. Never and heard you're this. like well that's good. I love when you show somebody something this they is, never heard. This it's, is this is what I listen and. You know, some you give, you the give them the ladder. If they want to climb it, they climb it. Yeah. You know what? I've listened to a lot you of the take lately, a horse to the water, but you don't got to have them drink. You know, a good one I heard. What you got? Uh, uh, all pigs. No, pigs get fed. Hogs get slaughtered. There you go. That's pretty sick. I like <laughs> that. That's a sick one. one uh, yeah. You know what? I've listened to a lot though lately. Of what? DJ Screw. DJ Screw. Yeah, dude. Man. A lot of DJ Screw lately. Like everyday type of shit for like the last two weeks, three weeks. DJ I don't know. I'm back into DJ that screw chopped and screw shit, dude. In the beta, bro. He's you doing some power hours or he what? He invented Sorry, chopped dude. and screwed. Dude, I know. He's the one. Dude, it's it's just it just reminds me of anything that like like fools took from the yeah. like took his vibe, they took his style, they took that like that slow, like yeah. let me rap about Mercedes Benzes and cars and just like pimping and slapping hoes like he was on that shit, bro. <laughs> there's a uh, there's that show on Netflix that I've talked about before. Uh, it's called Hip Hop Revolution. I want to say. Yeah. One of the episodes is ba- basically dedicated to DJ Screw and that style that he invented. The screwed up click and is hard, they're, dude. They're interviewing him and shit, and they're all doing hella lean though too, See, like with yep. the screw. Like yeah, that's what they up. like. They like pairing the. the they were buying the lean with the for lean twelve dollars for the pint. Now lean's like fifty five hundred bucks for a pint. Like, that's how expensive wow. it is for, like, yeah. rappers to get it now. Because just, you can't just go buy it at the store no more. You should be able to go buy it at Walgreens on the well, shelf. No, well, not Promethazine. Lean is five grand. Yeah. Not yeah. Promethazine. 5500 bucks at least to get a pint of lean nowadays. Easily. <laughs> just a pint? Just dude. a pint. And Yeah, dude. Uh, you should be able to get it. I don't think you could get it. You could get it before it was, like, doctor prescribed. You can get, like, mm. cough medicine. You know what I mean? Isn't that all it is? That's it, exactly it, what it is. It's, it's doc- cough medicine? It's doctor prescribed doctor cough prescribed medicine. Cough medicine. It's from a good what stuff. I understand. It's a good stuff. Nowadays, everyone's they, people are robo tripping again. No, that's the best. But their pills are doing cheap nowadays. Like the kids, like you can see, they're drinking. I mean, yeah, we used to do Corsitin. But yeah, they're, they're doing that, or they're drinking a lot of Robitussin. The night, that's the basically Corsitin. You tussin. know, we were doing lean before all those fools. Mm, not before them, but we were we were Corsitin. Oh no, no, but we weren't doing it before before DJ Screw and them. You're doing oh, before DJ Screw. Yeah, they were drinking r- the fucking legit lean when? shit. Fucking 91, 92. Holy shit, they were yeah. doing that shit back then? Yes. 92, 93, 94. No, that's old. They loved it. But they called Robo Trip. I'm saying we were doing it doing in like nowadays. 2001, 2002. Yeah. yeah. 27 Eaten. pills, 28 pills. <laughs> no. Yeah. 18, 18. 20 something for sure, dude. I Two feel packs, like it was just like a, a hood thing more like yeah. back then. Yeah. You know, like it made the music sound good. That's what they said. Man, I mean, that's probably mm. part of it. And so they said Their all music that, all sounded that good regardless. Uh, it sounds so, imagine how good it sounds when you're fucking slow motion, oh, baby. No. It probably sounds so good, oh, dude. No. It's so tight, I swear. When it's like, vibrating your oh, soul, it's baby. It's probably so good, dude. I don't even want That shit gets in your bones. 
I was watching this funny ass thing the other day. Theo Vaughn was talking to Bobby Lee, Mm -hmm. and he goes, "Hey, do you ever get? Could you ever get a you know mistaken for a Mexican?" And Bobby Lee, uh, Bobby looks at him and goes. Man, he's yeah, all mad. Man. And he's like, it's kind of mad. He's like, yeah, funny, dude. He's not funny. He goes, well, I mean, for real, if I'm if you're driving 35 miles an hour on the road because you're Asian, and I pull up next to you and I look over and I go, that's a goddamn Mexican. He goes, yeah, I roll down the windows and I just go, let's go Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the one where he tells where he tells Bobby Lee, uh, you could be like, you know, the special people's, you could be their guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> you could be their guy, you know? <laughs> you look, you look like him, you know? Like you see one, you like, hey, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. <laughs> or when Theo, Dude, Vaughn Theo says Vaughn he, beat, he beat autism, he goes, I beat autism. Yeah. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I was autistic. It was a word around town. He goes, but mm. I beat it. <laughs> what do you mean? How do you beat it? What one was I watching today that was fucking insane? What he was talking about? The one where he joined when he's he was telling uh Brennan Schaub about when he joins the fucking uh when he joins the cult. Oh, Jay- oh yeah, yeah. He goes, <laughs> he's, he's like, well, cool. what were you doing at that time? Theo he goes, Vaughn. I was just having a good time, you know. And they show him, he's and he's all, all out there smoking up. dope, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they show him, and he's in like a kilt, like a yeah. kilt, but like a loincloth, <laughs> yeah. and he has his face yeah, painted and shit. Cool. Yeah. I watched no, that. No, but uh, the one I was watching, he was talking to Joe Rogan, and. uh uh, it was one where he was talking about they chopped it up. You know how fools be chopping up interviews now? Yeah, to make them make them seem Say a little like bit different. Than seem they're like they're to. talking yeah, about yeah. something. Yeah, uh, okay, and then, yeah. so it was Joe yeah. Rogan talking about uh, venison or uh, some the type meat. of meat. The to deer eat. meat, yeah. And it was Theo Vaughn was talking to him about eating people, and so yeah. they chopped it Jesus up to where Christ. it sounded like Theo Vaughn's like, you know, you ever think about eating someone? And <laughs> Joe Rogan's like, yeah, yeah. All I've actually done it, you know. It's it's very chewy. It's good meat. And they oh chopped it up to where it looks so real. I was like, oh my god, you're a fool for That's doing this one. That's the good best. God you're almighty. a fool for doing this one. But Theophon's <laughs> hilarious, bro. His stories are out of this fucking world, dude. Oh, he's so hilarious. He was telling a story. <laughs> he was like uh, <laughs> telling a story about how uh, his his buddy's uh, dad was super like. You know, you could tell he he didn't like gay people. He was like, he was a gay basher. You yeah, know? you yeah, could yeah. tell that this guy. Yeah. And so like when they'd go out and smoke weed, he'd come back in and he'd come in first. Like he'd get be done. And be like I gotta go to the bathroom. And he'd go in and he'd find the dad. He'd hey Mike, these guys are out there. They're doing some weird things out there. They're being you know touching. They yeah. want to touch each other, showing each other their dicks and shit. Oh Jesus! He's like these guys out there. Theo was telling the, the dad, his dad to pump dad, him up, that. to pump him up. And then these fools would come in and his dad would be like, <laughs> what the. Fuck you doing in there? You queering, you queering around out there? You queering around outside? That's what he kept saying. What a boss. What and a then boss. Theo would just be on the ground laughing his ass oh off. Just got him. Where's Theo Vaughn from? Uh, he's from Tennessee, Louisiana. Louisiana, yep. He's from Louisiana. like, you know, like he shows pictures of him growing up and he's Crazy. like, he's the only white kid around, you know, all black, all black kids because he was in like, yeah. in like a, he, he in a neighborhood that. in lower Louisiana. He grew up in I mean? the best place for yeah. music. He grew up in the oh, Nolia yeah. block. He probably got to heard the first Juve, the first fucking Project Pats, yeah. all that good shit over there. You the know, Ridge, what I mean? the, the original Ridge. mixtapes that were going around. The funniest shit I heard though lately, what I heard a while ago, but they reanimated it to a cartoon is when fucking, um, Tom Segura is talking to fucking uh, fat fucking, uh, what's his name? The fat guy. The other fat guy, uh, uh, Burt Kreischer. Yeah. He's like, I was at his house the other day, and okay. I asked his son for a glass of water. And he's like, yeah, I'll go get it for you, Burt. No problem. And his son went and got him a glass of water, but he got it out of the toilet. And he tried to make <laughs> him drink it. He's like, oh, I got it for you, Uncle Burt. And he looked at it like, I don't know if I should drink this. Because he knew, he already knew that yeah. the little fucker was yeah. up to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he looks at the water, and he's like, uh, I don't know if I should drink that. <laughs> and then he comes out, his dad comes out. Uh, Segura and he goes did you get that out the fucking toilet and he looks at him he goes 
no, Dad, I didn't. And then he goes, he follows the drips all the way oh, to the toilet. No. And he goes, you got it out of the toilet. He goes, Dad, why would I do that? And he goes, you looked at me stone cold straight face and lied to me. <laughs> and just was so kid. legit. Like, like, yo, of I didn't do that. Of course those fuckers are going to be evil, yeah, dude. They're evil. They're his kids, so they're evil. Those guys are taking over the internet. Rogan and Kreischer and fucking Oh, the four Theo friends. Yeah, four sure. or five friends. And fucking Segura. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, Joey Diaz always has the internet in his pocket. Yeah. Coco Diaz. Um, mm-hmm. The fool that just dropped his uh oh andrew schultz andrew schultz is all yeah. over have you seen that did you watch it yet uh, i watched a little bit of it i fell asleep so i watched it late night because you sent it to me and i watched it, it late night dirty. but i do watch his show it flagrant is. flagrant's a good fucking podcast dude i like the vibe he's putting out with the with the chair Those with, the big couch, the internet. with the big couch and shit. i don't like the arab guy he kicks it with though he just seems too square for him to who's be on that away. one Oh, on flagrant, on flagrant, because when Rogan comes on, he brings all those joints out and he passes it to him, and he's like, "I don't even know how to smoke weed." He like takes a yeah. fake puff and shit. He's just yeah. too square for those guys, dude. Yeah, who's on flagrant? Uh, uh, Andrew Schultz, some, some Arab his guy. Homies. And, and he brought his homies. Yeah, he brought him up, which is cool. You know, bring your people with you. Hell, cool. So you know, I'm a fan of uh, Pat McAfee and that podcast. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're his little homies have their own podcast. He's done with wrestling for a while. Well, that's because that back full, to football, right? Or he, football uh, commentating or some shit? No, no, no. On game day morning for oh, okay. uh, set for college pre-game, football. Pre-game talk. And it's like one of the biggest college football. It is the biggest college football show there is. He got. What's it called? He's, it's called Game Day Morning. Okay. And yeah. that it's, you know, it's a morning show. It's I a pre-game it was college show. football shit. I thought it was going to be It's NFL. college football. But uh, he, so he got signed up with Peyton Manning, who has a. He has Omaha Productions, and he does a bunch of TV and video shit and movie shit. Omaha. And Omaha Productions. Yeah. And so he got Pat McAfee a show where him and his boys just sit there and watch the game on Saturday night. The, the college foot. And they just wa- – it's a watch-along. And they're just sitting in his new studio because they opened up – fun. Did I show no, you the new bro, studio? so fun, dude. Did no, I, show I, you? I don't think – in the bus? It's not in the bus, is it? No, his new – Which st- one's the one where they're in the bus? I don't know. Um, probably busting with the boys. Yeah, they're in the bus, and the bus is pretty tight, dude. They so these the fools bus. have a new studio where they built a fucking – Hand me an ice up there on the right of you. They built a uh, – uh, He's in. He's in. They built a – church they took a church and yeah. turned it into a studio and oh. on the stage they built like their their studio but they have a basketball Jesus. court and shit yeah yeah and so during the show they're just shooting hoop fucking throwing football fucking just dicking around that's just hella cool. with the homies while they're watching saturday night college football and it's on a huge screen the whole time but it's on around? espn too oh, wow it's on espn too how crazy is that it sounds these legit. fools got a show on espn not only does he have a 250 million dollar deal or some shit with wow with uh with um, FanDuel, which is a betting, like yeah, online just, betting app online. and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also fucking has an ESPN, ESPN gig, which is pretty fucking crazy. Dude, welcome back to WWE. Whenever this fool is like taking over, man, that takeover is real. Bronson loves him too, man. Bronson and him, you know, he talks about wrestling. Bronson's trying to get in with your boy Hook. He's getting it now. I mean, the ice is right there. The uh, the, the the bottle to your left, right there. That one, yeah. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> the, the takeover, but up. we should check out that. I'll, I'll show you pictures of that studio. They did it legit, bro. Yeah, whenever you Straight get a chance, show legit. me. Straight legit. So are you calling in right now or something? Is it all going through right now? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're set up. All right, I'm ready for it. Yeah, yes, sir. But, um, yeah. What's going on with fucking uh, this whole Kanye uh, Puff Daddy shit? Uh, Puff Daddy kill oh. Kanye? Could Kanye kill Puff Daddy? <laughs> and who would win in a boxing match? Do we have to do that? I think so. I think Puff Daddy beat his ass. I don't know. I heard there's uh, something going on. If Puff Daddy comes to your house and can steal your music and you can't touch him, you think Kanye's got a chance? 
Hmm. I mean, Con- I mean, think about Puff. He went to homie's house, Big O, E, whatever his name was, took the whole deal over, made Juicy, turned around and made Biggie, and then no one could really touch the man after, even though this guy's a ghetto certified dude that can come and hurt fools in regular life, but he can't even get close to Puff to touch him. I mean, can you get close to him? You can't get close to him unless he lets you. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of situation. It's kind of like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard when he goes, you'll never see these eyes again. <laughs> Nobody can say that unless you got that kind of bread like he's got. Like, honestly, if he doesn't want to show you his eyes again, the man's so rich, you'll never be in the same circle he'll be in. You'll never be in the same place he'll be in. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's kind of like a Puff situation. A Puff says, I'll see you when I see you. You'll never see Puff unless he wants to see you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's only certain people that can do that. Like, if you told me, I'll never see you again. I'd be like, motherfucker, I know where you live. I'll just come to your apartment and see you. That's kind of like uh, But you can't just walk to Puffy's apartment. You got to go sky high up through the elevator. He's got to see you coming in. There's people who are going to say, no, 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 they're going to stop you. There's other guys. There's security. There's hitmen. There's all that stuff in between you and him. Yeah. That's kind I mean, that's kind of like, uh, you know, Johnny Depp is now dating his lawyer from the whole And she's a hottie. Yeah, she's a hottie, dude. I give it up. She's a good-looking chick, And then Disney came back like, hey, you you can do uh, Pirates again. And he's like, nah, I'm good. And then he gets all these commercials back for his cologne, Savage, or whatever it is. I see it all over YouTube again, all his cologne commercials. Let Johnny cook, baby. Yeah, let that man run. Let my man go. Let Mr. Scissorhands run. You know what I mean? Fucking hey, dude. Here, he's a king, bro. He's a king. You know who I watched last night, though? That's actually a hottie. And I, I didn't even, I totally didn't even know she was that Ooh. much of a hottie. The girl from Stranger Things, that's the mom. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Back in the day, she oh, was. Bro, in the Dracula movie. Ryona Ryder was. His, oh, bro. Winona Ryder was banging in the bro. fucking. Dude, look her up in the fucking Can't Dracula think of movie. Anything else that she yeah. was in. Oh, no, 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 uh, no. Edward Scissorhands. She was banging yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Nah. Uh, yeah, dude. Look up look up the Dracula movie. No, no, she no. no. There is a movie where she was a lawyer. Hot. She plays Mina in the double Dracula. Double Murder movie. or Double Jeopardy? Double Jeopardy. Oh, she plays she was double banging Jeopardy. in that. That's what. What's her name? Ashley Judd? That is when she. Oh. Actually, Judge in it too. Judd. No, nope. it's actually Judge you're thinking of. Yep. Actually, Judge's hot as fuck in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that double Jeopardy. But show him, show him Mina from fucking Vampire. She's banging hot, dude. Mina, Mina from, from Dracula. She's uh, banging hot. Uh, that's the rich Bram. Uh, yeah, Bram, Bram Stroker. Stroker. What a name, uh, Bram <laughs> Stroker. It's Bram. B R A M. Bram Stroker. Dracula. Show him Mina, dude. She's Mina fucking banging Parker. hot, dude. I don't know something about her, bro. She has that easy on the eyes look yeah, to her. She's a cute little girl. Easy on the eyes. A cute little gal. She still looks cool in Stranger Things. I'd still give um, her the dong. She just looks tired. Hey, yeah. She looks tired. You disgusting. She, she got caught stealing. You son of a bitch. She got caught stealing. I give it to her, though. You son of a bitch. You went and gave it to her? And uh, Bam Stroker? Yeah, sure. She gets caught uh, stealing? No, no, no. In real life, she got caught stealing. Yeah. In the Oh, really? Yeah, in real life. Oh, jeez. She thought she could do what she wanted. All right. Joining us now. The man hung up on him. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? Well, let's not kill the time here. Let's let's keep don't no oh. dead air. Dead air is all over the place. Oh, oh here we go. Perfect, is. perfect. Introduce the man. <clears throat> Hold up. We lost the go back. Go to switcher. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah, I hear y'all. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you perfect. sound good too. Hold up one second. What happened? All right, well, like I was saying, yeah, I watched the movie last night. Pretty fucking good movie, I must say. i never seen it before. I gave it a good try. It reminded me of the Simpsons episode I seen. Pretty kill, I must say. The man Shadows does weird things when it's not looking. Have you seen it? I, yes, but it's been like, uh, I saw it a couple of years ago, probably. I've never seen it. Very and good. Very, very highly recommendable. Most definitely. 
I just think it's funny because Simpsons they showed that the, 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 the Dracula episode and they yeah. show Burns and he walks away and he, his yeah. shadow's doing the yo-yo and he's playing cards and shit. Same yeah. thing in that ep- same thing in that movie. Homie's shadows doing crazy shit. We're good. We're golden. We're back. Yep. And we're in. Hell yeah, we're in. All right, let's go. All right, we got it all figured out now. So joining us now. Joining Milk Crates and Microphones, and we thank him very much for taking time out of his Friday night to join us. He is a West Coast hip-hop legend, uh, one of the sole, um, one of the original founders of RBL Posse, and he is one of the dudes that put San Francisco hip-hop on the map. Give it up for Black C. Hell yeah. Thank you for joining us tonight, bro. Really appreciate you taking time out your night. Man, for sure. Much love. Hell yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, uh... You've been so it's been crazy thirty years, but thirty years, yeah, in sure. the music industry, over, over making hip hop music over thirty years. Uh, yes, sure. Can you can you take us back to nineteen ninety one and tell us what what really made you feel like you know you you had a shoe there or you go. had a foot in the game that you could really just be like I could do this and I could run with this. What made you feel that way? Um, really, it was just the response I got from the neighborhood when I started. Uh, you know, we was recording on a, a dual deck cassette. Uh, my mom's uh, stereo and um, you know we were selling we was at before I met Mr. C we was like selling tapes around the neighborhood from like 90 mm. all from like 80, 90, no, 90, 90 through 91 we was selling tapes me, T-Lo, <coughs> uh, Budweiser uh, my brother Dre Hype who was uh, Baby Dre at the time of Flavor uh, we was selling cassettes around the neighborhood and um it was it was just they was taking off people was just buying us out you know i buy a 20 pack sell them out buy another 20 pack from radio shack sell them out so it was it was one of those things where i kind of knew we had something i wasn't really rapping at the time i just really just like the the man behind the beats at, at, at first were you showing so, up with a boom box and playing the sample for everybody to hear so they're like oh that's dope and then I, let me get one of those yeah. That's slick. Yeah, we'd go outside and just play it, in a, you know, in a radio or one of our friends' car who had, you know, maybe four 12s in his trunk, and we'd put it in, and everybody would go crazy and be like, man, I need a copy of that. First, I was giving them away, but it was costing me money buying them little 20-packs of the little <clears throat> Memorex or TDK tape. So it was like, you know, I got to I gotta start selling them. And my, my younger brother, he the one that actually came up with the ID. He said, bro, you got to start selling them. I just wanted people to play the stuff. You know, I just was happy that they was wanting it. Yeah, and uh, he came up with the idea like, man, we need to start selling. You need to just really put together a little like we weren't calling them compilations at the time. He was like, just put together a tape with everybody on it doing their songs and and just like try to really put cool mixes on it and really start selling them for money. And that's what we did. And uh, we had a few tracks on there. Uh, one of the main tracks that everybody got the first tape for where they spent the money was a song called HP is my home, where we were just talking about Hunter's Point and uh, T Lo and my brother pretty much uh put together a nice little hit and they they loved it and yeah i, I was able to sell them out we, we probably sold a, about a hundred of those it's crazy to that's think amazing that people didn't know what hunter's point was so you really came along and put it on the map like you really stamped right. it motherfuckers didn't know where that was you know they could have said i'm from hunter's right. point they had no idea it was in san francisco which exactly. is crazy it's, it's awesome to think that yeah that, and looking back at that time i mean Compared to now, it's very easy for people to make beats and get on their computer and make a song. On their Take phone, us through yeah. that process of what it was like in, in 89, 1990 to, to, to produce a beat and then also to get uh, your friends to get on it and record their vocals and shit. 
Yeah, it was really, it was a process, man, back then. Um, yeah, it's too easy now. But uh, then, man, I, we had a four track. I was so happy to when I got uh, got enough money to get an eight track, but we had a four track. I started off with a four track and a, a sampler, SB12, and the sample time on it was like 2.5 seconds or something. So we used to have to, first of all, speed up the samples like you know, you had the uh, the pitch shift on the uh, on the turntable, so we would speed it up real high to where it sounded like chipmunks. Play it through at two point five seconds, and then slow it down so we at least would probably get at least almost a four bar loop, and we will loop that, put it on the, uh, one of the tracks of the four track. So we had three tracks to rap on. What we used to do is we just like overdub. We rap on one track, and then that track. We'll make another, we'll rap two tracks. Well, we'll do one or two, one track and we do the doubles. And then those two tracks, we'll record over to one track. So now the oh, doubles shit. and the, yeah. the feed is on one track. And then we just kept piling up like that. So we had maybe three, four tracks piled on one track and then get the second rapper to do it to where we got everybody able to get one verse and, and, and uh, well, two tracks of their first verse and then get the hooks, be able to mm -hmm. squeeze the hook up in there. So. I mean, it was a process, you know what I mean? Until I got introduced to uh, TC, and um, that's when the real technology came in. When we got introduced to the Atari computer back then, and we seen that, you know, oh, it's the Emacs now. They got like 30, 28 seconds or something like that of sampling time, and the Atari computer where you can really program your music to where you can quantize and get everything on beat. Because I was playing everything live at the house. And I mean, the, the quantization was just all the way off. You know, it, it was like, I mean, I was doing four note uh, keys, uh, playing on the piano, looping it really myself. And uh, I'll have to actually play the song for actually like three, four minutes all the way through. So you can imagine yeah. the notes going all off and, you know, everything yeah. was out of tune. So it's just before yeah, background. It was, it was before you can do, again? is this before backgrounds? Before you can go on and be like, I'm gonna do some background voices on the back. Is this no, that's what he that? was talking about. I was piling up the tracks. Yeah, you would do it like that. Yeah, we had to pile them up. We yeah. had to record on one track, then we do the doubles on another track, and, and then put them all on one. Record oh, okay. those over to one track, and then we have free up the other two tracks. So we do the process <laughs> over and just keep piling them up on that one track. Four track, so was, man. Before just, before the game was so easily exposed and everybody could figure it out and everybody knew. How'd you figure it out to do that? Um, I was just playing with it and just kind of just just guessing because you know it wasn't no YouTube, no Googles. You couldn't. Yeah, it wasn't no research. We didn't have nobody in our neighborhood doing it. You know, we had one group called ATC, a touch of class. They was one of the first ones that came out back in like 88, 87, 88. And they was just really had two turntables. They just probably what they was doing is they'll find a drum loop, maybe got four bars, and they'll play it on one turntable, stop it and re and had two albums, the same album, and then just kind of like go back and forth, re just looping it, bring it back on this one while this one is playing. Then they'll go back to turntable A, bring that back and start it over, then go back to turntable B, bring that. So they was kind of doing that process when they was doing theirs. You know, they came up, they was kind of all sounding like LL back then, you know, rapping mm -hmm. sort of like the Rock the Bells type style <laughs> stuff. But uh when we came in, it was a little bit different. We started playing our synthesizers and started sampling. And uh, really, I, I actually was playing a lot of original stuff. I didn't really start sampling a lot until I actually got to TC Studio. And that's when I just went kind of crazy because it was a lot of stuff I wanted to use in my mama's, uh, my mom's crates that she had from Zap, 
you know, Marvin Gaye, um, I'm talking about you name it all. She she had everything, you know. That's cool. So That's super I wanted cool. to sample a lot, but I didn't have a sample sampling time at the time. So I just I just played original stuff. So a lot of our first stuff was all original. Wow. You know, That's awesome. music. Yeah. yeah. All the way through, no sample. Is that so you talk about your mom having crates of, of records? Is do you attribute your mom to kind of giving you your musical uh oh, yeah. inclination or or someone in the family? Uh, my mom, man, she yeah. used to just, I mean, she was the one, she'll set the speaker out on the porch and just be blasting, mm-hmm. you know, the whispers or Patrice Russian or, or whoever, you know what I mean? She was playing everything. She didn't want to put me on the hip hop. You know, I didn't know nothing about the Sugar Hill gang until my mom played them. You know what I mean? So That's she was so the one cool. who put That's me awesome. on to it. She was the one playing Curtis Blow and all that stuff that got me into hip hop. And from there, I kind of, you know, started uh, hanging out. We had some guys in our neighborhood called Demons of the Mind who were strutting. They used to be strutting to all the African Bombada stuff and, uh, you know, Planet Rock, all that stuff. So, yeah, it was, uh, we, had, we had a lot of people around there. But my mom, I would say, is the number one, you know, because she had crates. Right now, I still got her original records. Everything that we created our first album off of, I still got all them original crates you know right now in my storage you know you know none of that stuff went nowhere that's all her stuff and she still let me know to this day you know that's super don't cool. get rid of my records <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the beautiful yeah. thing about uh hip-hop and like d diy hip-hop it's like you have all that fucking shit you have the rights to all your music and yeah your, you know your hands are on all that shit when right. when was the first time so how old were you when you first signed your first record deal um i was 18 actually i think we had just i probably just made 18 or something like that when i signed with intermittent records um yeah i was just happy to sign he ended up um offering us a deal for like ten thousand. our album had because what happened was we had sold like a thousand uh cassettes and um i just went and put them in consignment in the stores they sold out and they wanted more so what i did was i pressed up um another thousand and then with those thousand, uh, TC ended up introducing me to Jason. So when I went over there to Jason, he was just like, yeah, this thousand, we'll see how they go. You know, I got people asking me for order, asking me about these CDs, I mean, these cassettes. And, um, you know, a lot of people have been calling them because they had distributor. They was the music people was a distributor side, they warehouse, and then they had a label inside the music people, which was Intermittent Records ran by Jason. His father, Elliot, ran the music people, the distribution company. So we went over there just to get distribution and um yeah they said it was getting calls because of me putting them on consignment in stores so the stores was trying to get get more and at the time you know it was like pagers it wasn't cell phones back then really at the time you know they wasn't that high you had to get paged and go run to a pay phone so they start calling the distributor looking for him so when i got there he already was already up on it so we ended up uh leaving a thousand there uh it was probably like tuesday by come Friday, he was like, I need 5,000. So shit. I went and pressed up 5,000 more and brought him over there. When I brought him over, he was like, man, how about we just do a deal? Because he was getting calls, you know, over the weekend and, and all that. So he was just like, man, you know what? How about, you know, y'all uh, come back and let's try to work something out by Friday. And what I want to do is pay y'all for these 5,000, give you the $5 that you want, COD. I'll give you the, the 25,000 for those and uh. I give you an extra 10 to sign to the uh, label. That's awesome. And, yeah. So at the time I was just like, I was just happy that he wanted it. So I was just like, yeah, let's do it. I didn't even question it. He was just like, nah, you got to get a lawyer and this and that. And I was just, I wouldn't, I didn't even care at the time. I was just like, nah, I ain't really ready to spend no money on no lawyer. 
And he was like, I know a lawyer, and he sent it to his lawyer. <laughs> That's cool. I mean? So <laughs> you could just imagine the, the contract was it was definitely in his yeah. favor. Oh yeah, I could mm-hmm. imagine. It was all written in his name in the end and everything. Right. I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, when you press up five thousand tapes, how long does something like that take you? Uh, it only took them uh, like a week to redo it. Well, the first time it take a minute because you you getting everything the master set up. So it takes probably maybe almost two weeks to get it set up. But once you get done, it maybe take three to five days to repress it up because they got everything already set up. They got your master already there. So they already got your cover, you know, as far as for the artwork. So it's just really just them re-running them again and and uh, wrapping them, shrink wrapping them. So it was probably maybe three to five days. You still make royalties off the tapes ever? You still see people, I bought a tape just to have it. It's like a collector type of shit. Do you still see that or no? Yeah, them tapes is costing now, man. You try to get original tape, they probably like about two hundred dollars or something, man, on on online. You can't even get the original tapes, you know, uh, as far as cassettes. But um, even the original, our first order of CDs, the original ones, they like three to five hundred dollars and stuff. So, yeah, it's hard to get them. I've been re 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 uh, redoing them and uh, re repressing them up. I, I I've been putting them back out there. So they 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 I actually back out, not the cassettes, but the CDs. I've been they steady sell, they steady go, you know, you got a lot of dinosaurs who like, man, hey, they ain't trying to get rid of that CD. They ain't trying to just stream it on Apple or iTunes. It's just something about that CD they collectors, just love. Collector's know? items now. When when uh when you and Mr. C were recording, uh, you know, Don't Give Me No Bam or Weed, did you guys know that you had a hit right away? Did it feel like something special? Yeah, I already knew it. When I when I was done with the beat, I went crazy. This was before Mr. C actually got on it. Um, okay, okay. I looped it. As soon as I found that Marvin Gaye sample, I was just like, oh my God, that sample, I was just in there for, for hours just listening to it as an instrumental. I, I, I knew I, I knew it was a hit. I just had to figure out what to do with it, you know, and I, automatically, I, I knew it was a weed song. I was just like, man, I'm definitely finna smoke to this because I was in there smoking and I was just like, man, it's gotta be about getting high. I got, it's, it's definitely gotta be a weed song. I just gotta get the right hook for it. And at the time I was new to rapping, so I had to figure out how to, uh, you know, just the, the organ and I put together a nice hook. And uh, yeah, me and my boy uh, T Rob and uh, my my boy, rest in peace, T the Lee, both of them, actually, both of the original members who got on the song with me are, is gone now. They all uh, did. But yeah, they, uh, we put out a song. It was called Don't Give Me No Bammer Joint. We don't smoke it, smoke that shit in Hunter's Point. Uh, and um, that's hard. Yeah, soon, that's hard. soon as I did it. And it came, at first, it was kind of like a joke. We was in there just playing around with it. I can't remember. If I came with it, it was just like a collaborative thing where we were just kind of just throwing ideas back and forth. And I came up with the Bammer term because that was just in our neighborhood. Anything that was bunk, we called it Bammer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So bunk weed was just Bammer weed at the time. So I just was kind of playing with that. And we just was repeating it over. Don't give me no Bammer weed. I mean, don't give me no Bammer joint. We don't smoke that. My boy just don't smoke that shit. And we just, just was playing and joking and it just was... It, we just kept repeating it and it just came together, you know, and yeah. we end up, uh, yeah, end up dropping that, looping it. I mean, uh, uh, wrapping it, looping the hook, put getting on it. And, uh, yeah, it was a hit in our neighborhood. Everybody was coming up there looking for it, you know. So I knew it by the time Mr. C got, got to it and we really went to TC to studio to tighten it up and uh, really organize it. Um, yeah, it was through the roof. That's when we switched it up just to get the whole city involved. Isn't it crazy that you have a song that'll be played forever? 
Like that's a forever song. Like, like yeah, that goes down song. in history. It always like, stream good as soon as April hit. It's just it, yeah through the roof. The that's a forever song. <laughs> that's crazy to think you have a song that'll never die. And like that for real, and never it, die song. It's already got to feel like it's been here forever. I mean, it's it's almost thirty years. Is it thirty years? Thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. Thirty. Yep. Made 30. Well, it was actually made thirty when we put it out. It was probably around, well, it came out professionally, like due to distribution, actually signed to the label on September 16th, I believe it was. But we had put it out uh, maybe like a month or so, month or two before that, you know, it yeah. was out kind of mm -hmm. like around the neighborhood, you know, so it was just people had it, but professionally, yeah, it's, you know, it actually came out in September. It's made it all the way. It's made it. 30 fucking plus years so on the cover of it ain't going nowhere soon on the cover of a lesson to be learned the album off that who shot that mm -hmm. picture and what gave you the idea to do it like that oh uh, the cover yeah that cover's hard as fuck yeah um actually my little brother did it i just had we just had one of them little cheap cameras that we uh you know you had to go take and get the stuff developed at walmart i mean walgreens I just uh, had my little brother took it. He didn't know what he was doing. We just we took pictures because I got a song called uh, you know more like an orgy when I'm talking about rolling four deep in the mail jeep. Mm -hmm. They used to sell the mail trucks. They was auctioning them off. We had a lot of people around Hunters Point was driving around in mail jeeps. So we took pictures on the mail jeep. We had a, a couple mail jeeps in our neighborhood. So we took pictures of that. We took pictures on our project building uh, by the Harbor Road sign. Um, and then we took a few pictures in the uh, basketball court. That picture is uh that's actually behind me right there yeah that one is actually from the basketball court um you know all our names was on the wall spray paint and all that so i was just i me, me back then i was just into the eye candy part of it so i designed it i had everybody stand in certain position i really kind of got that from like ghetto boys and mm -hmm. nwa and them just looking at them so i didn't want just me and mr c on the cover even though we was the only ones in the group i knew back then it was like the more people you had looking like a posse or a crew it was just a little bit more exciting to people, you know, where they like, man, I want to check this out, you know, oh, um, yeah. it was just crew, you know, so that's all I did. And uh, that that cut that picture stood out to me when I when we got done with it, it just looked it dope. You yeah, know? It looks cool. It looks hella clean. It looks hard. Was that something that you guys talked about when you were coming up with the RBL posse was uh, not being like a crew or everyone had like because we talked to Mike and nine and when they came up with Freestyle Fellowship, he he said they wanted he wanted it to be something different than like a, a crew or a gang or this or that because it was a fellowship. Is posse something right. that you guys thought of like this is different? No one really has this uh, and exactly trying to be different. Yeah, really, I I, I kind of um got it from big daddy kane and them really you know um the east coast dudes you know it's just uh and plus it was just like the nwa when they first came out it was nwa posse so it was you know we was just really kind of like following the dudes we looked up to you know and um i didn't want it to just be black c and mr c or just rbl you know i i just wanted it to be a crew you know because we was hrd as far as our little click up there, we was the HRD click, but I didn't want to be called the RBL click. So we just kind of went with the posse thing because I had all them dudes on the cover, even though a lot of people thought they was rapping on the album. They really, it was just me and Mr. C the whole time. Yeah. But a lot of people thought like one of them maybe was a DJ or something and all that, but it was none of that. That means you did a good job. That means that you built it well. Right. Motherfuckers right. believed it. Believed it. They bought it. They believed it. That's right. With believability. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they was just really in there just like models, you could say. You right. know what I mean? Then was my guys who I grew up with. I was like, hey, come in for the picture, you know? And, and they loved it. When you guys were creating your uh, second album, 
Ruthless by Law. What was the energy like making that album, man? You guys uh, just like track number one, bounce to this, hard as fuck, bro. Yeah. Coming out, coming out as hard. Like, what was the energy like creating that album? Man, that album was, uh, man, it was super fun. And uh, we was motivated by then. We had Hitman around and uh, NOH Mafia. A lot of my younger dudes, and they was bringing that new age flow. They was spitting, you know, Hitman coming in with all it. Even though Mr. C, he was a lyrical dude, you know, he he had dropped metaphors and punchlines and stuff like that. But Hitman took it to another level where he made him even step it up even more. We was in there scratching our hair like, man, these dudes are spitting. They, they, they raw. So going there, the energy was was through the roof. It was a lot of competition. You know, it made me want to rap a little faster because of NOH. You know, him, Mr. C went to spit a few, drop more bars. So going in there doing that, you know, and we had just, Mr. C had just got out of jail. And then later on, I, we and me and my brother ended up going to jail, got framed for for, for this rape charge. So we mm-hmm. sat in jail for about six to seven months, Crazy. just fighting the, the bogus charge that yeah. the girl ended up coming and seeing it was us. And, and it was like, oh no, y'all wasn't there with some younger dudes in my neighborhood that did it. So we got out Fuck. with just, Fuck. you know, just like, just man ready to go to work so after going through all that man we got in that studio and and nothing but fire was coming us like every song we was making was just just hits you know and we was was making a transition too from samples to doing original music we was trying to get away from the samples because of the fallout within a minute we was going through over the samples on the first album Mm. you know trying to get them all cleared so we we had to prove ourselves and show that we can actually you know, do some original music and and, and still, you know, come again. Yeah. On, on that album, uh, I grew up in eight, I grew up in '87. My dad was already bumping RBL as a as a kid. He used to always bump Bluebird. How did you right. come? How did you come up with that Bluebird on my shoulder? Can catchy, I kill it? Catchy, yeah, super, catchy, super, super, super right. catchy. But where did well, that know, come from? Uh, Mr. C didn't really care for it at the first either. He that was actually supposed to have been my. It was going to be a solo song for me because he thought it was kind of corny-ish a little bit. He was just like, what the hell, Bluebird? And I was like, you remember the kid game, High Go Seek? We used to always say, there's a Bluebird on my shoulder, could I kill it? And all the kids, you know, say yeah. no. And, you know, and then when everybody hide it, yeah, you know, then you go searching for them. So it was like a hide and go seek game. But I used it as sort of like a police thing, because we used to call the police of uh, the boys in blue. So it was mainly more like my police song, like saying fuck the police type thing. Yeah, so that's where that kind of came from, a Bluebird on my shoulder, can I kill it? It was more like, talking about the boys in blue or the ghetto bird, you know, the helicopters or whatnot. So I tried to flip it and he didn't really get it until I came in there to drop my verses. Cause I had three verses, three twelves that I was going to drop. So I did my first two and I just seen him in there just right. He started writing. I seen him outside sitting in uh, in a control room, sitting down and he used to start smiling and he started writing his little verses. And when, he, when I came out, I was like, what's up? I said, would you like it? He's like, man, that's dope. Because he never heard the hook. And once the hook was looping and he heard me in there doing my verses, he got busy. He was like, oh, bro, I got to get on this. So hey, I had to chop my beat, third that verse. Beat and he did and the beat yeah. is a slump. Hard, a slump. Super hard. Wow, yeah, I produced the beat. Man, I just That was just one dope. of the things that I just kind of, I was making another beat and it kind of came on an accident, the little reverse. That's I was what it is. To, uh, that reverse is killing it. Yeah, I was. I would think I was messing with... Uh, like Roger, and then it was that uh, could it all be so simple that Wu Tang that oh, boom, yep, yep. boom, boom, and I just kind of played that bass line over a little bit differently, but it came from from that song actually, you know, and um, I just kind of reflipped it, and I had a Roger beat that I was playing in in reverse because any type of loop I'm gonna use, I always see how I sound in reverse, 
So I always, I reverse it. I was just like, oh man. So the drums from the Roger, we end up kind of playing it on and remove the Roger sample, but we end up using, you know, enhancer end up reversing it. Uh, the the uh, pattern from the Roger, we end up redoing over with our own 808s and stuff. So it'd be a little bit more clear. We wouldn't have all that background noise in it. So, and that's how I came about. And I ended up playing that lead in it and uh, the enhancer touched it up. And it was, man, it was through the roof. Mr. C went crazy for it then. And he was just like, man, I'm, I've got to be a part of this. Yeah. This is a hit. One of the first reverse the beats I've ever the heard. Hook on and the... a lot of people do the reverse yeah. beat like later after that and shit. That shit's hard right. as a motherfucker. The, <laughs> right. the hook with the slap of the beat, I think. Hard. You know, it is as simple as it is. It's just that sometimes, so you know, they say yeah. sometimes it, you don't need to fucking be doing something Simplicity, so technically. Man. Don't yeah. reinvent the wheel. Keep it simple and yeah. look how good it's how clean it Make sounds. a whole lot of nothing look real good. Real yeah. Good. Yeah. For real. Yes, when, yes, when was the first time you guys uh, went on tour? Were you were you young? And what was that experience like as a young man with money and out seeing places that you've never seen before. What was what was that adventure like, and uh, a little bit about that time? Yeah, it was. Uh, I said we first went on tour probably around '93, like maybe the end of '92, going into '93. And um, yeah, we, our first tour was pretty much uh, Southern California, San Diego, and then I think we went up. It was mainly just all West Coast. We just kind of like uh, uh, went from Seattle. On, I mean, from San Diego on up to Seattle and uh, Portland, stuff like that. And uh, we actually took uh, Dre Dog, Andre Nicotina, who was Dre Dog at the time. That's yeah. kind of pretty much kind of like, because we, we was hot. And he came in and kind of opened up for us and was was there in the van. And, and he benefited from it. You know, he ain't looked back since, you know. Yeah, yeah hell no. We all our stuff. And, uh, you know, that's my brother, man. And, uh you know, one love to Dre Dog, man, Andre Nicotina. But uh, yeah, he he came with us and uh, we had fun, man. We ended up getting close, you know, going on that little couple city tour. And um, it was fun, you know, just just getting out there, just getting away from Hunters Point, seeing something different. Mm-hmm. It, it just broadened the horizons for us to where we was like, okay, yeah, we got to really take this serious, you know? And um, yeah, we didn't look back. It was, it was one of them things, but we couldn't wait to get back and create some more music and, uh, but I don't know, we stayed out there. Our, our album, we would have still been out there. Really, Jason had to kind of push us in the studio to get the start on the next album because we we was out there doing our thing all the way, like I said, to that little rape stuff came up. We was we was on tours and, and running around for a minute for a while. Like we didn't, you know, we kept getting booked in Detroit. I mean, the Midwest, Kansas City. I mean, it, they were just booking us like crazy. So we we didn't slow down even try to get in the studio until we actually uh sat in the county jail for a minute and then uh got back out and, and got busy but the tour the tour life was fun us we loved it yeah that's got to be a tough choice when you come to that crossroads where it's where it's like we could stay on the road and continue to make money and have have fun and keep doing this but we really need to get in the studio and make more right, music right. so we can stay on the road yep. it's you exactly. know double edged sword you right can only there. stretch a stretch exactly. an album so far yeah, yeah. exactly after getting- but the Herm compilation actually was like it helped us too because that was like a little alley oop to keep us out there cuz yeah. when Herm dropped he dropped a compilation in 93 and we put mm-hmm. I got my 9 on there and uh Dope that track. did hello good like yeah. that 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 compilation like blew up and and that let people see like okay they they coming different now they got some original music which it was still was a sample but we replayed the sample over you know what I mean yeah. so yeah it helped us out that that uh 
that that clear that one way clear gave you a little boost when it comes to clearing samples is it how difficult is it to do nowadays nowadays people just using stuff and calling it a mixtape i don't think nobody clearing anything nowadays unless you like tied to a major label yeah but if you independent they just like you know if when they catch me that mean I'm doing, I'm making some noise. So by the time you get yeah. caught, you were you were willing to pay for it, or you just go remove it, you know. So I don't think I don't think nobody clearing samples. Then you, you they was on you. You had to, you know, they'd pull your album down and, and and get to the distributor or whoever you're going through and 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 put a stop to it, you know, put a halt to it, and make you get shelved. But uh, nowadays these young dudes ain't clearing no samples, man. Yeah. All these youngsters is using anything they can get their hands on they just putting it out, out there yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny that Very you said that too though. you're you're not the first uh we've had a couple independent artists that we've done interviews with that said the same thing like uh, we will ask them about the sample thing they're like shit i'm waiting to get sued when i when i get sued that means, that means someone's looking that yeah. means i'm Somebody making it finally cares. Yeah. that means it's yeah. selling because you don't yeah. they don't trip on you unless you on radio is blowing up, blowing up. yeah then making money they, you know then it's like, okay, now I got a few bargaining chips. Maybe now I can give them some publishing, give them half the publishing, or maybe give them all the publishing and I just, just make, you know, make keep another keep song. The noise. Yeah, yeah, keep just, the noise off of it. Yeah. Right, right. After you mm-hmm. after you guys uh signed to Atlantic and got that major deal, um, you know, the Mr. Mr. C passes, like, did did things just feel like it halt it halted or uh, you know, like what was that time like? Man, it it, it halted for me because I was doing all the beats. I was, uh, you know, doing a lot of production aside from like uh, Enhancer and said we'd get a beat or two from Selsky and TC. Mm. But uh, after that happened, it was just like, I don't know, I was just in this dark place to where I didn't really even want to do music no more. Uh, it was, you know, but um, I don't know. It was like after talking to Mike Karen and them and uh, the guys over at Atlantic, you know, I, I, I just said, you know, I'm going to just keep it going. They still wanted to do the deal with me. So I'd end up doing a deal, pulled Hitman in to kind of help out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the motivation really came from me meeting uh, Mike Mosley and Rick Rock and them. You know, Rick Rock had some some beats because I, I, I wasn't making nothing at the time. I had pretty, pretty much probably I took like a year off, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't just in the studio. I, it just wasn't coming to me. You know, I just kept yeah. thinking about Mr. C and what could have been and mm-hmm. what, what could have happened and what we would have been at with this deal. So, you know, it was a set. It was a man, a, a real setback for me. But uh yeah, I just tried to get in there with uh, Rick Rock and them. And, you know, they brought a different type of flavor, you know, to, to the RBL stuff, you know, because we used to getting on the funk samples, uh, and, like mm-hmm. some mob beats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brought like a whole different sound to the table for me. So uh, it was a little bit different. Man. And uh, it was challenging at the same time. People liked it, the album, but, I, you know, it, to me, it's nothing like them first two albums. Um, it's just they just different, you know. The, yeah. the iPhone I album was cool. A lot of people love it. They got a lot of favorites off of it. But I ain't gonna lie, I didn't really care too much about that album. Yeah, you know, an eye for an eye. It ended up being a seventy on the top two hundred Billboard. I want to say, uh, which sold the most out of the you know three albums. Um, so, right, it did good. It but did that's good. what happens when you have the big. It. A lot of the fans and everybody loved it. Yeah. But yeah. Me, myself, I just, I don't know. I, I think I was just still tripping on Mr. C and everything. Um, you know, just one of them times where I, when I listened to them songs, I know what zone I was in at the time mm-hmm. when I was making them. I was, you know, thinking about Mr. C and it was just one of them like albums where it's just like, man, I just 
man, just want the the, the success to just, to just to really hit these dudes where it hurt, you know what I mean? Just the betrayal yeah. and everything. So, you know, like they say, success is the best revenge. So I was just really using that deal just to kind of shove it in their face where I should have just stayed focused mm. and got in the studio, went to work, start doing some of the tracks myself and, 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 you know, try to try to keep that relationship with 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 Atlantic to where I could have kept that that account open and benefited from it. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I ended up falling out with them, too, behind that, you know, because I wasn't used to the, you know, they, they got a formula where they want you to come in. They want you to deliver a single before you even start on your album. And I just wasn't into that. I just was like, man, you know, I, I like to go in and just start on my album, but they don't even open the budget up unless you get them a single to push. So. I tried to send them two singles in and it just, we kept bumping heads and it just didn't work out. It was, you know, they, they really get you to the round table. They were just like playing a lot of stuff from no limit. Like, yeah, we need something like this. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't make songs like that. I don't do shit like that. I ain't, yeah. that ain't me. Y'all sign me for me doing me. Now y'all trying to get me out here in New York, get me to this big round table and trying to tell, playing me no limit tracks. Trying to pass Master that, P on you and shit. At the time. Come and, on, you know, yeah. and it just wasn't cool. The downfalls from uh, being signed to a fucking major mainstream label. Yeah, the oh, cre- yeah, creative sure. differences and freedoms and all that shit. What they think sells, they want you to sell. Yeah. Well, that's what, horrible. Exactly. Not at the time. They, that's what they want. They want you to collab with them artists or they want you to try to make songs like them artists. So, And I couldn't do it. So we was, you know, just pretty much just, just bumping heads for a whole two years to where... Yeah. You know, I just pretty much got shelved and uh, I walked away. I was just like, man, you know, y'all ain't finna shelve me. I'll get back on the independent game. So mm-hmm. I ended up going independent and um, just started using my uh, connections I had with City Hall Records and and uh, Rap Bay, yeah. you know, Urban Life. So, and um, yeah, I left it right there, you know, started pushing stuff out to where we came back around and got cool and they ended up giving me my walking papers. They were just like, you know, you can go on and do your thing. We ain't gonna hold you back. If you got deals on the table, whatever, y'all can go on and do y'all thing. Mm-hmm. We not even worried about it. Cause they had a bunch of big artists at the time. So they didn't care. Yeah. You know, you have a, you have a vast, uh, collection of us, you know, solo albums. Um, what, what was the transition like moving from a group rapper to a solo rapper? Um, it was, it was a little, the first one, I was a little nervous, you know, because even when I first worked on the first RBL album, that was actually going to be my solo. That's why, if you notice, a lot of songs was like, so almost like my solo songs. And I added Mr. C, like sort of like a psycho, yeah. a lesson to be learned, uh, more like an orgy. A lot of them songs was like me either coming with two verses and then I added Mr. C on. And um, I just got cold feet when it was time to go in the studio. So that's how I ended up getting with Mr. C in the first place. I, I was had a few songs that I was working on myself, including Bammerweed. And um I wanted to go in the studio with T Lo and T Lo and he was like he was one of the hottest rap. He was like our ice cube up there. You know, he he everybody wanted a piece of him. And I was trying to go in the studio with him and be a group. And he was just like, nah, he he, you know, it was a bunch of dudes in the neighborhood who wanted to put him out. So he was just like, nah, I got know somebody I, you know, I, I date their sister. Is, you know, and he rat us all he do his rap. So that he introduced me to Mr. C and I was using Mr. C as a lead, the front man for the group because I was nervous. So mm-hmm. when I started on my first solo album, it was the same thing. I was just trying to, you know, Hitman wasn't around as much. He went back to our old neighborhood, started hanging out a little bit. So I just started playing around with it. I was just like, you know, let me put together a couple tracks and just see what people say, you know? And a lot of the fans was like, you know, we like your voice. 
you like this, man, all you got to do is just come with some hard stuff, do this, do that. So, you know, my brother and them had got uh, swooped up. The feds was around due to the fallout of us and our old homies. And uh, they picked up a lot of dudes. So that just motivated me to put out the last man standing because they, they picked up a lot of dudes. It was more like the rap thing, me being the last man standing in RBL and from the neighborhood. A lot of dudes got picked up, maybe like 15 to 20 dudes. And a lot of them was gone who was a part of... Uh, that era when we made that album, the dudes who was on my uh, album cover and all that, all them was in jail. So it was pretty much like just only me out there. So that was uh, the reason why I named it The Last Man Standing. But uh, yeah, after I got over that first album, it got easy to me and I, I kind of started liking it, you know, because I, I ain't got to worry about nobody else. It was just all up to me when it came to, you know, songs, beats, just getting stuff done. You know, I didn't have to worry about, you know, going to somebody else and making sure they like it or, you know, if they wanted to be on it or if they wanted to put something that they like on, you know, it was just all me. So I was able to do what I wanted. Yeah. Being somebody that's been in San Francisco your your entire life, have you, what, what, have, what has the transition been like seeing the city go from, um, you know, what it was when, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s to now being a kind of a tech-driven neighborhoods, wow. kind of being driven out, people being driven out of their homes that their families have owned for 100 years so they could build complexes, apartment complexes for, for tech kids. What's yeah, that yeah, What's that transition been like? Because I, I know it's even hit out at Hunter's Point. So what what is, what's it been like out there? Is it an easy transition or is it something that... You've kind oh, of well, it was easy for me because I had moved out. You know, I had yeah. moved up uh, when I put Hitman album out in '95, uh, right before Mr. C had died. Um, I started house uh, searching, um, started looking for a house out in Antioch. So I had um, started making that transition to get a new house and all that stuff. So I ended up moving out to Antioch, and um, I already knew that was on going to happen. You know, we didn't own a property; we was around there in public housing and the whole nine stand up in them projects and all that. So we, I, it, I already knew the gentrification was coming. You know, you, you've seen it slowly but surely. You know, they starting to build condos down by candlestick and doing all, you know, you've seen it, but they wasn't giving it out. They'd probably give a couple vouchers out to some um, new moms who probably had kids, let them get in there. And then they start setting up all these new different um, rules and regulations where if you get caught or somebody in your family who's on the lease or stay in your house, they get caught with drugs, use automatic eviction and all that. So looking for reasons. I knew it was coming, you know? So I ended up, uh, yeah, I started making that transition myself to where it's like, I need property I own. So I ended up, as soon as Hitman album blew up in 95, I started investing money right away, you know, and uh, went and bought me a house in Antioch. And, um, I didn't really, I ain't look back, you know, ain't, ain't really looked back since. So I've seen it over the years, just start transitioning. You start seeing, even right now, you go over there at 3rd Street, you know, they moving everybody out the hood, but you go on 3rd Street where it used to be like our Crenshaw. I mean, you got Asians, Caucasians or whatever, just uh, just all up in bikes and, and <laughs> Taco you know, walking shops dogs and, and just yeah, dudes down nice. there who's doing donuts and got, I mean, it's electric scooters crazy. and shit. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy mix, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird when you go over there now. I mean, the, the, how they got the trolley thing going up and down third street now, the tracks and all that. I mean, mm. the chase center now and all these little coffee shops and everything, you know, I knew it was going to happen because San Francisco is a tourist town, you know, they, yeah, ain't yeah. To they thrive on dollar, So there's nothing to be like, Oh, we're going to accommodate you. 
motherfuckers over here who living off this government assistance mm-hmm. and we losing all this tourist money. No, that ain't finna happen. So, I mean, I ain't mad at him, you know? As we, uh, as we wind down here, What's your relationship with Larry June? Yes, you know, sir. Your collaboration uh, work with them is fucking great, for one. What's your relationship yeah. with Larry June? He calls you his uncle. Are you guys related? Yeah, that's well, it ain't my um, my nephew, but he, um, he, me and his pops, like his pops was supposed to be on my first cover. Me and his pops been knowing each other since, man, we was like, when I first was walking and came outside, me and my mom and his mom kind of grew up like how me and his dad grew up. They was like all young going to Woodrow Wilson High School and they all stayed in the same neighborhood and they grew up. So me, him, the other guy, Booby, who um, had big black records, we all was like young dudes over there, grew up calling each other cousins, you know? So he is like my brother from another mother. Me and my family and his family grew up together, been knowing each other for years and him and my daughter grew up together. They the same age. So, you know, that's all it is. It's just, his daddy name is Larry Jr. You know, so he just took his, he, he's the junior of his dad. He really is the third, I believe, but he called himself Larry yeah. June, but that was his pop. His pops grew up with us calling him Larry Jr. So that's, that's like, you know, I talk to him every day, his pop. So, you know, it was only right. And back, back in like 05, 04, 05, when his daddy first had told me that he was trying to rap, he was maybe like 14, 15, you know, I, I help him out, work with him. And then he got good enough to where I put him on a song called uh, I Needed the Love. And we shot the video. Back then, he was he didn't have no mustache and none of that clean face. You know, uh, you look it up on YouTube. I've uh, seen it. Black I've seen it. Needed the Love. It's on my 70s baby album, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he was sounding like T.I. a little bit. That was like his favorite rapper at the time. You know what I mean? Besides us, he loved T.I., you know, because he used to go back and forth from Harbor Road, our neighborhood, to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, his his daddy stayed on Harbor Road. His mom had moved uh, Janine. I'm close with her, too. We all grew up together. Like, his mom's and her family love him to death. Like, her, her grandfather was, like, the first rapper in Hunter's Point, you know? Wow. He wasn't really, like, really put Hunter's Point on a map map. To, in my eyes, you know, so it's like a small little, like, you know, little small knit little family. Like we all grew up together knowing each other and it was only right for me to try to help him out. Now that he blew out, he came back and reached back out to me like, Unc, I need you on some stuff. And I was like, man, I'm semi-retired. I'm kind of <laughs> like, uh, dang, you know, I ain't doing the music thing really. I'm selling merchandise. Yeah. You know, nah, you got to come out of retire. You got to come do this with me. So I got on a song meet me in Frisco and it that's on kind of woke me up to where it's like I need to get back in the studio now you know what I yeah. mean so it's crazy he sounds yeah. like he sounds like an old soul too but to think he's born in 91 kind of blows people's minds you know what I mean just the way he raps the way he seems his calmality everything about him just seems like he's real right. real slick to the game you know what I mean right and I love it too because uh he remind me of me on our first album with a little bit of, you know, Mac Dre in him. Yeah, you know, exactly. A little bit of Mac Dre swag. And yep. I like it because his whole swag, his whole persona really come from his daddy. Like his daddy was into, like when we didn't know about Jabot jeans and his daddy was one of the dudes that stayed healthy. All he did was work out. And we used to just always just call him Orange Juice Jones. Like, man, cause that's all he did was like drink orange juice. He didn't drink no liquor. Like he stayed healthy, you know, and stayed on the weights. And um, he got that from him, like all the old school Air Max, Nikes and all that's like his pops was into all that, you know, all the vintage stuff. And 
and he took he 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 you know he took on that you know and that's what I love about it. and all the cars that he got then was the cars his dad had McLaren five point them old ass the old ass Corvettes all that stuff his cars that he always he loved because his dad used to drive him around in it you know what I mean besides his Cougar I'm surprised he ain't got a Cougar yet mm. but he had a, a six seven Cougar Dope. the gold Venus on it it was light blue white top that's when I had my Skylark I still got my Skylark he got rid of his stuff but uh, I just restored my Skylark but. Yeah, we all was just, you know, on the block and he watched his daddy and all that stuff he bringing back. And I love it about him. I love oh, it. Yeah. So super, so clean. Be before we, uh, you know, go here, what uh, keeps you motivated to make music now, man? You dropped a new album last year, Black Caesar. It's fucking dope. What Hard. keeps you motivated, yeah. man? Really? Like his nephew, he brought me out of retirement. And I got bit with the bug and now I've been just busy. Um yeah, I ended up, like I said, I got him on my album. He got me on that, uh, on his album, on that, um, whatchamacallit, the uh, organic work. Yep, and, um, numbers. His fans, just having them new fans, the new younger fans go back and do research and just tell me how much they love me. And like, oh man, we love you. And all of you and Larry June collaborations, we love you. And man, you gotta keep going. We went and checked out your first album and, and they love in the way they like all of them love remind me, remind them of like a Larry June song. They like, we'll see where Larry June get it from now. And so yeah. that just got me motivated. Um, and right now I'm, I'm just finished up my second, uh, another album that, that I'm waiting. I'm waiting, really waiting on my um, features to come back in from Larry June and Jay Worthy. And then I'm dropping it. But, um, you know, it's just, man, I'm having fun with it now. So it's back fun again. You know, it's, it's it'd be hard when you, counting on the check from it or like how I went through the slump with Mr. C, it wasn't fun. So that's why I was semi-retired, but Larry June made it fun again. Me going on tour with him, being down there for the Orange Print tour, just seeing all the fans go crazy for him and then show love when I come out on stage. It just, I got bit with the bug again. And so now I'm back activated. So I, I'm, I'm running laps now. So, you know, I got the book about to come drop next week. So uh, we got that coming in. For those that don't know, it's uh, called Black Sea, uh, a part of survival from the block to the booth. That's dropping, just talking talking about all the trials and tribulations, the, the come up of RBL, the fallout of me and my guys in the neighborhood and the guys on the cover. Yeah. Um, where can people just, get, where can people buy, get that at? Uh, right now it's gonna be online. I'm gonna have it on my store right now only until I figure it out because it's a new game to me, this book thing. Uh -huh. So I don't really know how it works. So I just wanted to press it up, get it, and just sell it online in my store at uh either they can go to my website www.rblposse.com and go to the store or they can go to our big cartel uh www.bigcartel.rblposse.com awesome we'll put and, a, we'll put a link we, up for that for sure hell yeah 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 so it'll be up it'll be in the store first so i'll have signed copies for the you know the, like the first 50 to 100 people that that buy to purchase it you know so I just want to keep it cheap too. I don't want to go into stores and everybody got to put their tax on it. Then the book is at thirty, forty dollars. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it cheap to where it's like twenty, twenty five dollars or something. So everybody can get it. Yeah. You know, it'd be good for the fans to be able to uh, have as a keepsake and and uh, just to really get the the true story. You know. Oh yeah. What it was. No crazy microphones will definitely be buying one of those copies of that book and uh, putting sure. it in the studio and listening. Can't wait to hear more of your new music and. Uh, now yeah. that you got the bug and you're back activated, can't wait to see you maybe even uh, out live performing and, you know, doing out on the road. Fucking, out again. Yeah. Doing Hell what yeah. you do because we love yes, to see sir. it. We love to see it. 
Much love, man. Appreciate yeah. that. So, I'm definitely activated. So fuck yeah. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for spending Friday with us and uh, chatting it up with Milk Crates and Microphones. We really appreciate it. Like I said, can't wait to hear all your new music and, uh, you know, good luck on all your future endeavors. And hopefully we can talk to you soon. Next time you release a new album, maybe come back on, promote it. We'll talk a little yeah. bit more about Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, love chopping it up. First quarter fuck next year, yeah. I'm going to have a few singles dropping. Probably uh in November, you know I'm going to mix next week. So yeah, uh, yeah you know I, I I'm 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 on my way right now. I'm just like I said, just waiting on these features to get done. But uh most definitely uh ready to come back and chop it up with y'all. Fuck yeah, well, yeah. we love to hear stories. We're all we're all from Northern California and the Stockton Lodi area, so Lodi we love area. we love hearing stories from that San Francisco era of hip hop because it's such a big part of our of you know our journey of listening to music so thank you once again black sea for joining us and uh we'll talk to you very soon peace out brother appreciate you peace out peace Peace out and that was black sea from rbl posse one of the original members uh one of the lone survivors of the group he talked a little bit about that um his homie mr c and then also hitman you know um he is somebody that continued to make music through all those trials and tribulations and not just make like basic music is really, really good, good fucking music. Music, be music that will last a lifetime yep. that he should be really fucking proud of. We're proud yep, yep. being Northern Californians, you know, that yeah, NorCal. Yeah. The Bay is part of the North, obviously is a huge part of the NorCal. And, For sure. You know, we're part of this Northern California tradition and, uh, you know, I wanted, the, the I wanted hellas to and the music him, and all that shit. We're, we love that. And RBL Posse is part of that. You know, that's if we had like uh, if we were 15 year old girls in high school, and we had a binder and we had stickers all over it. RBL Posse. Be RBL Posse. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep. You feel I, me? I, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask him about Woodbridge and if he knew uh, such mm. and such his claim to fame, if yeah, he actually yeah. knew that. But I'm like, eh, I can't go there yeah, right I, now. I did love the fucking Woodbridge reference. Though. I had to throw it in there <laughs> just, in ca- just in case yeah. the man knows, you know, just deep down. Stories, man. Once again. People were talking about RBL Posse back in the days, the early or, days. Or when my I was a kid, loved bro, just my like dad I remember RBL Posse. Like, so yeah, I, was, I just I don't know. It's crazy to think that the man came on here and bless yeah. us with his time. You know, yeah, man. I can't believe this fly has been owning us tonight. I'm telling you, I can't stand Fuck a fly. This. You better Fuck kill that fly. motherfucker. Yes, got him. Got him. <laughs> kill him. Burn his ass. Burn his All ass. Right, that's disgusting no we're not gonna burn him on live tv jesus christ we'll get him later feed him Matt, to the spider you've been trying to feed do him that to for the how spider. long i didn't want to fucking try. do crazy shit while the shit first was going try on. hey <laughs> the man is had we had a man things on i can't be doing that man, while the thank you on. very much for uh black sea for joining us hell yeah um it's yeah, not easy yeah. for anyone to take time out of their friday no way uh, i mean it's probably stupid for us to do a podcast on friday night <laughs> one it's the one night that everybody's Got out something doing do. something, yeah. so they're not going to be sitting hard, here watching YouTube. Yep. Uh, two, it's very hard to get guests because Friday night is something where everyone's out doing something, Talking so they to don't want to come spending in their time to with the their family. Studio, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's it's not the best choice for us, and also, you know, who knows? I mean, obviously, us doing underground hip hop is not the best best choice, choice for us. For us. Yeah, yeah. but guess what? We're we good at it. making bad choices, and good choices so are always we're gonna, bad. We're gonna keep, yeah, keep yeah. on riding, baby. Exactly. exactly. You hear this? We're good at making bad choices, <laughs> but good choices are always bad. Yeah, yeah, good choices. We have a new slogan. What, we just what? got a new slogan. That's a, words to live by. I'm telling you. Words to live good by. Choices are always bad. Well, shit. Shout out to RBL Posse and Black Sea. Fucking a man. Fuck a great interview, man. Good deals. Very man. nice to hear. I love to hear him be like, you know, I saw what was going on in the in, in my neighborhood, and I uh-huh. I got the fuck out. 
Yeah. yeah. Straight smart up. move. Yeah. Like and he's a cool place to move to. Yep. Nice. Very, very, cool. very nice. Very nice. A smart man, dude. You don't want to stay in uh, the ghettos for. It, well, it was, <laughs> whoa, whoa. It wasn't that's even the reason the ghettos. It was just he seen the fact that people were being pushed out of his neighborhood and for sure. building condos. Things are changing. Things are changing. That too. That too. Things are changing. Yeah. But I mean, like Matt said, make a music that will last a, a lifetime. For sure. And it's crazy. You can be proud of for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. He's living on royalties forever on those fucking songs. For sure. I can imagine. Oh. These songs are great. Great yeah, songs. I don't know. I don't know how the streaming. You know how we. I, I just don't know how that whole Yeah, I see a lot of people get mad at Spotify and shit like that. But I'm sure there's other things that, you know, he's making bread off of, you know, through that music. You know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I mean, you, that's a good thing. You've got to be. Um, what do you got for me? Once again, those those first three albums that RBL put out, that third one, they made a good coin off of, man. Oh, I'm sure. A good just coin. one more time say thank you, Black Sea. Fuck thank yeah, you. dude. For sure. Stamp for a lifetime. Double stamp. Just jumping into a little of spooky talk. What do you got for me? Bro, people are loving this show. J- Jeffrey Dahmer. Great fucking show. Brandon, have you watched it? I've watched oh. episode one. You're this man has watched all of them. Watch all of them. Great show. I, I, episode one, creepy as fuck. Great show. Hard for me, hard to get through. Can you imagine the man's a genius? He had an IQ, uh, an, uh, an IQ of 147. Well, okay. So you wouldn't even think that. From just seeing how he acts, you would mm-hmm. think he might be a tardo, maybe a little slow, oh, autistic oh, a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, not in a bad way, but just not an intelligent he's man. He's definitely different. He but thinks different. he was a genius. I mean, you've got to kind of be to get away from that for so long. you got to watch the show. He's very lucky. He's only because he was a white man. Okay. If he wasn't a white man, I don't think he would have got away it's with It's crazy because episode it. one is showing the background. Facts, and this time, it's, it's, it's all about, it, you know, the way it was. It's showing the background. The neighbor has been calling the cops for the I don't know how long. Time, and they're right? not they're not. Here we go. Here we go. We're going off. We're going old school MCMP. And since it's uh, October, this, October. this makes, makes sense. I think we might have even done this before, but we'll just what do it got? again. Yep, yep. Top three serial serial killers. Top oh, three serial killers. Real ones. Go yeah, first. Real or fake? Real. Okay. okay. <laughs> real. Real. Uh, real ones. Real ones. John Wayne Gacy. Ooh, that's a good one. And then you know you, I'm you going with the number go? one. Go ahead. Ted Bundy. Ooh, there you go. What do you got for him? Oh, uh, the son of Sam. Oh, oh good, he was a good. dangerous very one. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer then. Yeah, he's good. Might as well. Dahmer. I like it. I go with it. This <sighs> is for we're local. <laughs> uh. I'll go with uh, what was that fucking those the highway killers or whatever or uh, Zodiac? No, no, no. Oh, Zodiac is local. Zodiac's <laughs> yeah, local. He's also local. Good, but yeah. no, they were called. I thought the, that's where you were going. The highway. They were called like the fucking the highway, highway killers? killers or some shit. What, you don't look it up. Look it up. Name? No, yeah. Where was he killing? Is. That's what it is. That's where was he killing? While we're on the verge. Like While we're on the verge. Why do they always give him cool names? Because they want to fucking they want to moralize them. William Bonin, Bonin. There's a yep. Stockton serial killer right now. They call him the Stockton fucking Shadow. Okay, that's where I was going. They get they you give see cool the transition. Names. Very cool names. Is so that, now in Stockton right now, there's a serial nah, killer. Can't, you can't use it. Do you think he's responsible he for the deaths? Yes. He only kills Mexican men, and there was a black. No, that's not true. True. There's no. a black lady. Only Mexican yes, men. Only Mexican yeah. men. There was a black. There. There's no, no. He's mistaken him as a Mexican man, so he killed. He was him. just dirty. Yes. So there was a black <laughs> lady on there who came forward and said, "I could have been mistaken as a Mexican man, so that's why he wanted to kill me." He's just stalking Mexican men. He might be the next. He's the Hispanic Jeffrey Dahmer. He's Jeffrey Jeffrey Dahmer. He's trying to make a fucking zombie. I don't know, dude. I don't know what he's doing. He's drilling holes in people's that's heads. Dangerous. Though, that's for sure. That's dangerous. And he's just killing you in the night. I mean, uh-huh. that's dangerous. As a Hispanic, that man was a myself, very bad way to transition out of that great interview to yeah. go into talk three serial killers. Yeah, and, and, and keep <laughs> on, we're not saying we love serial killers. Weird, but, but as a Hispanic man myself, True I crime. might not True walk crime. around Stockton late at night. 
True crime. You want it? It's no, interesting to learn no. about. Even I was just out there. No, I was just out there. I was at uh, uh, this, uh, the fun zone. What is that? Were you by yourself? Uh, I was in the parking lot getting beers out, drinking them, just chilling, you know, in and out of the place. Love to play? Love to play. No, what is it called? Love to Sky play. Zone? No, Sky Zone. Oh, Sky Zone. Yeah. Sky zone. I was in and out of the parking lot grabbing beers, drinking a couple, Ooh. taking things in and out. And I'm in the I'm in the parking lot by myself. Out there. He's like, I'm in the parking lot by myself. I have my pants down. Dick was out. <laughs> Asshole bent over. The lights are the on. kids are watching. I had Marvin Gaye on the it's, radio. It's crazy to think, I don't understand why this guy did not he did rate not me. take it. <laughs> no, but really, though, it's like. Come to think about it, I didn't even think of that at the time, but anything could happen. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, it's crazy. No, it's He's out there. Imagine what it's like. I don't know why we're doing this, but. Give it to me. Imagine what it's like being a female. Like, he only for kills us, men. We're, I know, but on a regular basis, though, you walk around with zero fear. You have no fear of this guy or this oh, yeah, person yeah, yeah. or even a dog Like, because yeah. you're a man and Anything that comes at you, you're gonna choke. You got a chance you're to gonna choke fight out him off. and kill him. Yeah, you got a chance to fight you know him off. I mean? Yeah, like you're not afraid. But as a woman and being a father of two girls, me too, which worries me like crazy. They walk around with the mindset always having to look over their shoulders and yeah. always having to check out because at any point they could just be swept, swiped off their feet and taken, put in a fucking van and sold on a sex trade and yeah. end up fucking taken. Never see them again. Yeah, end up never. fucking. I have a special set of skills. Yep. Some situation like that, it's you know scary. what I mean? No, it's Bow hunting scary. skills. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, no, a, it's a scary it's movie. It's taken, it's taken, it's taken. But no, I'm saying we don't have that fear of like, I don't walk around like looking over my shoulder. Yeah. Like, I am on my toes and I always am a person. I'm that's just me. I'm super aware of my surroundings and I'm always like knowing yeah, where like, it's where cool people to go, are, where it's not to go. Who, yeah. I see yeah, you, sure. you see me type that's of true, deal. True. Uh, but. Uh, for a female, they literally have to walk, looking over their shoulder, thinking that somebody could back. grab them. Yeah. Oh shit! There's a dark shadow mm. right there. Stay true. away from this dark shadow. True, and walk true. this way. True. You know, or I have to. They have to park in certain. It's nighttime. You gotta park I'm in the park, front. I have to light. park in a yep. fucking certain park spot. In the spot. Yeah. I said, man, I don't give a fuck. I'm just pulling up, Wherever jumping out. out. What's like, up? All today, yeah. It's, it's just it's a weird. It's a fucked up world. It's, it is what it is. But it's do you pack a knife world. on you? I always pack a knife I on me. I don't have a weapon Every on day me. I pack it, a it knife. It is a fucked up world. You pack one? Uh, I, on occasion, but I also in my car. Fuck I around carry. and find out. Oh, I, I, know. I always carry in the car. I carry a mace and a stun gun. I carry a gun. Yeah, I carry a gun. Well, in my car. In the car, too. I don't yeah. have a carry. When I carry. leave, I don't either. When <laughs> I when I leave and I go somewhere, like when we go Someone out of town, this man. I was strapped up the whole time. When we went to go to the wedding, going there, the car strapped up. Going to the wedding, there's a gun in the car. I had a cop wedding, tell gun me. In the car, always had, gun in the car. I had a cop tell me. When we go out of town, always gun in the not car. Not to get a concealed concealed carry because then you're on a list. He said, just, oh, here's the list again. He said, carry Jesus. it because... Chances are you won't ever get caught. Yeah. You won't ever have to use it. And if you ever have to use it, it's going to be under circumstances where you're lawfully. Where you're to have it. Yeah. You can just yeah. Play, yeah. I was about to go shooting, and I have it because I was going to go Something. shoot my gun. You know what I'm saying? I like, carry Even then, yeah. I care for road rage idiots. Like when we're going on long trips, it's mm-hmm. in the car, and it's right there in the center console. Mm-hmm. If someone gets crazy, cuts us off, tries to flash on us, do crazy things, then, I'm, then, I'm, then I always have it. Then I have yeah. it. You know Did what I mean? Did you do that? Yes. You, don't, you, don't, you have a gun, right? Yeah, but oh, yeah, I, I, shot with I you. just yeah. don't carry it in my car. You have a holster? No, I don't have a holster. You should have a holster. I don't have one. First, I don't have a carry. 
To carry and also, or... you really don't need a holster because I love to waistband it. I like to put it right in my front. <laughs> Nothing cooler. Well, what I've learned right in the front of my crotch. I, ca- yes. I carry the extended clip. That's the waistband. And that's I, why I love to do I it. Carry pointed the towards my clip, dick. And then I carry the regular clip too. So if I blast, I have a few extra regular clips. So they say, well, why'd I you shoot 30 that. bullets? Because I had to fucking 30 clips, three extra clips. Hey. So I'm just saying I shot them all out of the uh, one clip. Real quick, bro. Are we talking now? Let me get Let me just get a quick moment of silence, real quick. You got a fart? I've been spending most of my life living in the gangster's paradise. Oh, your boy, L- L- uh, no, Mr. No. Coolio himself Coolio. passed away. All right, was Pete it, was it? Coolio. Uh, was it Monday? No, it might have been last week. It was last uh, Thursday? About a week ago. Yeah. Um, get it up, but. Yeah. It's just crazy. How do you that, feel about uh, that, though? Like, did he die of a drug overdose? Like, how did he die? He was a young man still. He wasn't that old. I don't think it was a drug overdose that I'm aware of. September 28th is... Uh, about, yeah, about seven days ago, nine days ago. That's a little over... Uh, well, today's the, what, seven? So, so ten so, days ago? Yeah, you know, something so like that. So, not drug-affiliated, you think? I don't think so. He was a young man still. What, 58, 59? 59, I think. Yeah, 59, I'm thinking. Was he 59? Yeah, I'm People are so. trying to say, okay, I mean, people are what going... Was to, what was he? Well, people, this is the top thing that pops up for here. Okay. Well, people are trying to claim vaccine shit. Hey, dude, I, I was just talking to Goldberg about this the other day when we were hitting balls in the morning. I said, don't you feel pretty dumb for the fools who went and got vaccinated? Iconic. Don't they feel dumb now? You know what I mean? You look at those people and you're like, you went and got vaccinated to go to the same movie theater I'm going to now with no problem. Like, come on now. Hey, the song though. Oh, that was fucking sick. No, Keenan and Kel. Excuse me. Yep, Keenan and Kel. Check it out. Bro. You want to talk about making it? You got a theme song on Nickelodeon? Yeah, you dude. made it. You made it for sure. Oh, you got a song that was in Dangerous Minds. Was fucking what's her name in the video? What's her name? Uh, the, the white, the blonde chick. Amanda Bynes? No. <laughs> the blonde chick that was in Dangerous Minds is the teacher. She's oh, in the music video. Uh, Michelle pulled, Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Oh, here goes. Nick, 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 Nick. Bro, yeah, he died of cardiac arrest. Oh, um, cocaine. Just cardiac arrest. Hell of a drug. Hell but, of a dude, drug. yeah, iconic. Some iconic jams. You can't uh, say that. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Killing him. Yes, Killing him. Uh, fantastic Voyage. Yep. Uh, Come a big hitter that some people have forgotten, I think. No, no one's forgotten. Well, I hope that. you haven't forgotten. Well, maybe, I don't know. I feel like some people forgot Coolio fucking did that shit. No you one know, forgot like, Coolio did that well, shit. Well, if you, better not. I better hope not. But, uh, yeah, man, just fucking saddened my heart to hear that. Yeah. she was a G. How sad was it? I'll tell you right now. Sad, bro. It is. Sad. It hurt me. Tough because we've been having a pretty good year of not losing. You know, we had a very, very bad 2021. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. And we had a decent 2022. So this one hurts. Yeah, this is a fucking iconic jam, bro. I remember hearing this shit when I was a kid all the time. Hell yeah. When we were kids, bro. Hit her. Fantastic. Boy, it's... 
hard. Fantastic. Hip hop, bro. Yeah, Coolio was uh, the definition of somebody that <coughs> he was lucky that he was in that moment in time where hip hop was like this new thing. Uh-huh. And when they were getting on these record labels, they were able to kind of flex their muscle and be like, nah, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah, that's, yeah you know, like NWA was doing yeah. that shit. Like, they're like, nah, nah, this is this is what we're doing. This is hip hop because. The like the white dudes that were running these record labels, they didn't know what they had. You know what I mean? You're right. Until they realized, and it was fools like Coolio. Mm-hmm. You know what they say? They say, uh, they say, uh, 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 taking advantage of stuff. Not taking advantage of stuff, but a fucking season a moment. No, no, like taking advantage of stuff is always leads to a restriction. You know what I mean? Like excessive use of them using their muscle and coming on their record label and being like oh yeah no nah, this is how we do it and they seen how these fools did it and they're like oh no we need to change this shit up mm-hmm. and so now that led to heavy restriction to where as it got on these record labels were like nah like this fool like black sea was just talking to us about how strict they were about fucking what they were gonna put on a on a record or a single you had to really had it fucking buckled in and fucking they mm-hmm. were really taking away creative development because yeah, for sure people like coolio came on mm-hmm. early in these early record labels and were like no nah, this is what rap is this is what hip-hop is let me show you how we do this it this is what it means to me pretty much and then when yeah. they seen how they did it they're like oh no this is fucking everything up we yeah. can't do it like this <laughs> motherfucker does it and then so they started putting restriction on that yeah, shit yeah, for sure for sure mean? parental advisories so, and shit yeah yeah i don't know you know what I iconic. mean? Iconic. That hairdo, iconic. Coolio yeah. was the man. He was a character. He, he just created lost a, he more and more braids. The more he got <laughs> he older, the it, it, numbers like, went down. He didn't give a fuck. He went down to shit, 2015, still, down to one or two in the still, end. Still, still, still hurt character, him, bro. Still hurt uh, I saw also he had just signed for his first Las Vegas residency. Like he was going to get gonna a, be Elvis, huh? Yeah, he was going to well, yeah, he's, he's he's getting a little residency. How many songs did he have to Elvis out like that, though? Hey, man. I but just know Fantastic Voyage, fucking uh, Gangsters Gangster Paradise, Party, Gangster Paradise Dangerous One, two, Mind. One, two, three, four, get you on yeah, the floor. Gotta, gotta, gotta get, get up and get, get, get down. That's Cal Skate right gotta, there. Gotta I just think Cal Skate when I hear that. And Gangsters Paradise, dude. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Don't be hating. Go ahead. Are you going to play me a little something? You got no, something no, for me? Nope, nope. We ain't got nah, nothing man. for you. Sorry, that's for me. what right. it is. All right, I like it. I like I got it. That's what it is. R.I.P. T's and P's to the family of Coolio. Pour one out for the man because because yep. it's very influential what he did for hip hop mm-hmm. and songs that we played forever. That's a for sure yeah. song that we played forever, yeah. like forever. Once again, timeless, timeless Time. songs, right? Aliens come down. They ask for the what's played forever song soundtrack. That's on there. Yeah, we're giving it to him. Hopefully, he did well and saved his money well, and his family's living. Give me well another song that sure. we played forever. Like if you made it, if you made a track list of songs we played forever, give me your top three. A top three. Everyone top give three one song played forever. Just give one. One, yeah. Everyone Everyone give one. one song that will play forever. Doesn't matter what genre. Forever. Just something. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you uh give you Puff Daddy. Mo money, mo problems. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll go ahead and say Snoop Dogg and, and Ice Cube G Thang, you know? Mm-hmm. I say for sure G Thang. Okay. Yeah. What, what you got? What, what you got? Um let's go newer. What you got? Let's go younger. What do you got? Let's go fresher. What do you got? What do you fresher. got? Fresher. 
Let's go Mac Miller, best day ever. Okay, okay, okay. Played forever. Okay, what do you got? Um, no, I thought we were done. I thought one, everyone one, got one. Everybody got one. Twenties, twenties, we're done. I was going to say MC Hammer. No, we can't touch this. this. Vanilla oh, Ice? Fuck. We're just going to play forever. You know that's the first hip-hop rap concert I ever went to? Vanilla Ice? I tell you that story? Or MC Hammer? MC Hammer. Oh, dude, you're talking. I tell you this story? No, but you're talking big deals here. Oh, this is a great story. Great story. Give it to me, Billy. Okay. I think I've told this story on this podcast, but I'll tell it we'll again. We'll hear it again. We'll hear it again. So, uh, my brother had got tickets to go see, because he, he loved Vanilla Ice, right? My Hard. Old, my older brother. Who okay. didn't back in the day. Okay, yeah, so yeah, my yeah. brother got tickets on his birthday to go see Vanilla Ice. His birthday's in October. Okay. Uh, just coming up right now. Uh, ooh, yeah, a few days. Okay. Uh, but his birthday's in October. Mm-hmm. He got these tickets to go see Vanilla Ice, and I was How old were you? Jealous. <laughs> How old? I was jealous. I, I he was probably nine or ten. Okay, okay. So I'm six or seven. Okay, okay. That's that's the we're three years apart. Still so old enough that's to make the moves, Still old enough to make six, moves. I'm, I'm six or seven, but I'm mad. I'm I'm like jealous because my mom only got tickets for him, and it was just two tickets. So just then we're going. Oh, just him and his mom were going. Yeah, because huh? they're your yeah. mom's a thug. Mom's She's like, I'm going. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Arco Arena, you know how it is out in Sacramento. Yeah. So they went, and I was so mad because he got to go, and blah, I didn't get tickets. Whatever, you know, I'm a kid. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, I kept, Period. I kept bringing it up for months, and then my birthday's in February, so not too much longer after four months, four, you know, four months after my brother's birthday. Okay, okay. I get tickets. First of all, my mom did it G style. She put them in like a big balloon, you know what I mean, with yeah, hella yeah. things in it, and yeah. there's tickets in there, and uh, I thought they were like plane tickets. I was like. Disneyland tickets. I thought everything. Yeah. I popped them. Boom. Pull them out. MC, MC Hammer. Oh. And MC Hammer was my man. Can't I loved this, MC Hammer. How did you I was know? Doing the How did your dance. mom know? She just knew that was she your She knew it was my shit. Because fucking all that, Hard. that whole record was my shit right there. Yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Music hits me so hard. <laughs> you want to scream? Oh my <laughs> lord. <laughs> dude. <laughs> so hard. Killing them. Killing them. But that shit, I, I had the pants. I had fucking parachute pants. Nice. Who, Who didn't? didn't? I had a pair. Who did? For sure. Who yeah. didn't? I had yeah. sharks on mine. Who didn't? Oh, okay. want mine was mine was a speckled colored one. Speckled? No, they weren't sparkly. Pink? No, they were like half it was pink, half yeah, it was yeah, neon yeah, green, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a little blue yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. Hurting them. Those were the eighties or nineties colors. So 80s, I, 90s colors I, I pull these tickets out and I'm just like, I'm fucking amped. I'm juiced. I'm like, you know, and it's only two tickets, just me and my mom. So sure enough, my mom takes me. I'm seven. Eight years old. Huh? I can't confirm, but it's in the years are there. The years are it's there. Eight, yeah, it's maybe there. eight years old. You yeah, know, the years are there. My mom takes me to this concert. Uh, uh opening up. It was fucking lit. Who was it? Who's this the opener? Concert was fucking. Do you remember lit. who the openers were? Yes. Who was it? TLC. Yeah. yeah who opened yes. up for You're MC? lying. TLC. Well, TLC opened up for MC. TLC. Hammer? Pretty hard, dude. Boys to Men. Damn. Bro. And MC Hammer. Pretty fucking hard, dude. What a lineup. That's pretty okay. sick. That's when Left Eye's still alive. Yes. Fuck yeah. Hard. Left Eye was my favorite. Yeah. She was my favorite one. 91. Hard. She was the hottest one. She was cool. Bro, hardest fucking show ever. I go to the show, and it was big time, too, because it was big stage. This is like they're doing pop. This was pop music, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? This is pop shit, show. Too. Epitome this, of starting This isn't hip-hop. This is show. This isn't ten or eight years later. Me going to the fucking Colonial in Sacramento mm. and watching yeah. fucking No More Greener yeah, Grasses. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for this sure, is sure. a lot different. We're the talking bottom of the this hill. Is the beginning. We're yeah. talking arenas. This is life big shit. Stage. Yes, yes, you know yes. what I mean. And mm. so spectacle equivalents of like Drake nowadays and shit. Crazy show. Yeah. All this stuff. Fucking five hour show or some shit like that. 
And the crazy thing I is, I fall asleep. No. Yes. Yeah. During I missed, Hammer. No. Yeah, I missed the whole beginning you, of Hammer, oh, and then I woke no. up for the end of it. You couldn't touch and that. I was, you hey, couldn't no, touch it. I caught fucking that. <laughs> you, you missed. Can't touch this. No, I caught that. Damn, I caught that was probably the, that's that's what what the final. Yeah, yeah. And there was another one, but I do remember that fool. <laughs> the God. energy that that fool brought. He was Oof. rapping. The and he cocaine was, running. was killer. Yeah, back it was then. killing. Yeah, he was running back and forth on this huge, sober. like fifty-yard stage. Yeah, yeah, and he was jumping onto the fucking speakers. Oh, my the lord, speakers. Oh, me. he knows. <laughs> he was all over <laughs> back and forth the Ooh. hammer dance, and he had like fifty <laughs> people on stage dancing with him. Damn. It was one of the wildest fucking shows. Crazy. But I do remember TLC was fucking killing it. <laughs> And then Boys to Men was really. Why'd boys you, to Men did hella acapella. Why'd you leave with the Boys to Men shirt? They're, they're dope. When you left, why'd you leave with the Boys to Why, Men shirt? Not a hammer wouldn't? shirt. Who wouldn't? Not a hammer shirt. And guess what? I'll sell that Boys to mm. Men shirt today for two hundred fifty dollars. Bank. Hey, but honestly, with a hole in it. With that show's pretty it. fucking hard, dude. Did you leave with any merchandise though? Real talk. No, 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 I didn't. Not that I can remember. I don't think so. I'd have to ask my mom, but That's I don't believe cool. it. My mom was pretty cheap back then, so I don't believe she That's would even cool, let though. me even stop at the merch. Hey, merch but when table, Larry would man. take me to wrestling, for sure, you know. You're hitting the yeah. merch table. The very first, when I went to the 93 Royal Rumble, I love you merch. know what I left with? What? what? Come on, anyone guess. Uh, 1993. Foam, foam finger. A, HBK. Foam, it's uh, foam fingers. Which one? Finger, HBK, HBK. Sure. No? Nope. A foam two by four. Oh, oh. that's so tight. What made you pick that of all things? Oh. I was a kid. I was, that was seven years old. Kids so moves, bro. Those are like, good moves, dude. It. Those are good moves. Let's do this. Half Half tight, dude. Half Give me the fucking no. I was six years old. Give me the foam two by four. People loved hacksaw. At the ninety, that was a couple months before my first, a month before my fir- my seventh birthday. They so used I was to make six foam years old at the bro. Remember For the sure. big giant foam Macho Man hat, bro? That you could get the big like a, yellow cowboy hat, like a huge. Yeah. It was orange. I don't know, but it was huge, yeah. bro. The foam uh, Austin middle finger. I was had the huge. foam. That is dope. I had that. that is dope. You had that? I had one of those back. You, in you the don't day. have it no more. No, I also had the original Austin three sixteen shirt. You still uh, have it? Fuck, I, I might. Who has it? Hey, one mom, time, you think? I, maybe my mom. I went. <laughs> she wears it at bed tonight. She wears it at bed when she goes to sleep. She throws on Austin three sixteen. That'd be tight as fuck. During yeah. the peak of the uh, NWO, I went to a Nitro show in SAC, and I don't remember what made me even go to it. But I how were you? Twelve. Okay. Okay. But it was like peak NWO, like Nitro WCW was on top, and I got a Sting mask. Dope. Oh, the sting yeah. mask was hard. You got it plastic? from Sting, or you got it from who? From no, like it was a plastic from, from the, the uh, from the concession. concession. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. How much was that bad boy? Oh, you know, probably like everyone used to wear them. <laughs> no, back then, probably like thirteen bucks. No, yeah, yeah. no, it was. I think it was like twenty bucks, probably. You know probably, the plastic 15, sting mask I was talking about. But and we you brought were rocking it, it during oh, the show. We, no, we wrestled in it, and that thing got cracked open. Oh shit! You're taking hammer chairs with it. You're taking chairs with it. Not the plastic mask. Son of a bitch! What you want it to be though? He paints his face. But yeah, going to those those old shows, those definitely a uh, different vibe, just like hip hop, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going, so Spectacles. I went to a show uh, when I seen you in uh, Narc News at Raw. It was 2018 or 17 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Raw, the first wrestling event that I've been to since I went to a Raw. This is 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old were you then? You were like what? Like t- you were like already 20. Oh, no, 2018. I was fucking. Oh, no, 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 no. 2008. No, 2013. Oh, so you were yeah, like probably roughly that. Yeah, then you were definitely like 21, 22. Yeah, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're older than that. 25. I was 24 in 2012. I was like 26, 27. Anyways, 
My brother got me tickets for my birthday. We went to Raw. What I'm trying to say is the evolution between the last Raw that I went to that was like at fucking Stockton Civic Center, which is like a little building, to this big building is just like that transition from hip-hop from seeing MC Hammer on this big fucking 50-yard stage running back and forth to going to seeing a Grouch and Eli at the Colonial mm-hmm. on a fucking f- right. 10-foot stage yes, yes. and speakers and bo- actually they had a dope setup. Remember Different they had dynamic. lawn chairs and they had the lawnmower and So shit. was it tight as fuck or what? What, the MC Hammer? No, no. God damn it, the Raw you went to. Not the MC Hammer. <laughs> Which one? The, MC, the Raw, the one in 20, 2015. 2013. 2013. That's pretty good, huh? That was pretty it was decent. We saw some good stuff. Yeah. It was all right. I yeah. remember at that time, every once in a while, I delivered pizza for my aunt back then. I worked at the pizza place. Yeah. And it's like 2012, 2011, shit like that. Mm. I remember when people would buy WrestleMania and I'd deliver pizzas and they'd be old dudes. I'd be like, dude, what are you doing buying WrestleMania still? Right. And they would definitely be buying it on pay per view and I'd be giving them dorks. pizza. Like, it's crazy to think, dude. They're not young dorks. They're like in their 30s, late or early 40s. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Blew me away. It's the good stuff, dude. I'm not saying it's not the good stuff, but it blew me away to think that someone's doing The classics. That. Oh, I, maybe I'd buy an old school pay-per-view, but I just watch it for free. Those like, are the days when they like would the tip you, ones. when they tip you in bong loads. Um, I've been tipped in weed and I love those. tipped in beer I love, back in the I, day when I was I love a pizza the weed delivery tip. guy. I'll take the money, but I love the weed tip and I love the bong load tip. I always take those every time. <laughs> no I've never been offered a bong load rip for uh, that, but I used to take plenty on the way delivering my pizza. I used to always see fools. They'd be playing Xbox. They'd invite me in to take bongs with them, play a session, and cut out. I think that was my, one of my favorite or just funnest jobs I've had is like delivering pizza. Yeah, hell yeah. It's, if you, you know, didn't deliver like, pizza, man, you didn't live. It wasn't too stressful. You never did. It was such a fun job. It wasn't you're just listening to music, getting lit. You guys think you lived. Think about uh, my homies that worked for Lakewood Drugs and delivered drugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard about those, those guys. Those guys are living. Those <laughs> guys are What was dead. his name again? Playing uh, Google. And Bird of Bedbird. <laughs> Bird of Bedbird. <laughs> That'd be a chill job, too. That's what I heard. I used to deliver. That's no, what I heard. No, no, yeah, that's no, what I heard. No, he delivered. No, no, no. I heard it's it. Curtis, baby. Curtis, baby. Who <laughs> <laughs> cool movie is that? Uh, let me think. Let me think. Drunk. Yep. It's Curtis, baby. He goes, yep. he goes, hey, look at this. Is, this is that. No, yep. it's actually not when he says diamonds. He goes, hey, man. No, when he's trying these to sell the diamonds. are no, kind of It's bunk. the diamond. No. When he's trying to cut the thing on the glass. No, 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 no. It's oh. he's when he's talking about the uniforms. He goes, yeah. hey, man, these uniforms are kind of fucking bunk. He goes, these are lame, man. He goes, this Curtis, these, lame, these, these uniforms are fucking fly. These uniforms are out this world, baby. It's Curtis, Curtis baby. baby. <laughs> give, me the, give me the scene on. I want to see the actual scene now. No, we'll talk about that later. Because when killer. he when he scratches the window, he goes, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> He's like, hey, man. And he goes, scratch the window down. He goes, look at this real diamond. He scratches the window. Fucks his window fool, all up. Cheech goes, hey, man. And that fool goes, it's cool, it's cool, it's, it's cool, cool, it's cool, it's cool. cool. That movie's one of the best movies ever. All time. Shoot the moon. Yes, all in that time. Movie. Not just Kill that it. fucking. Oh, you need a fucking. Why don't you get a job like the goddamn <laughs> Jefferson's kid? No. Been work work your way up from picking the cherries to them goddamn bananas. <laughs> <laughs> like Bend so and much. scoop. Bend uh, and scoop. That's a good movie, dude. It's a good movie. Take it home. Hey, if you're here with us right take now it home. and you're listening, you know, we got one song pick and then you can take it home. Whatever Let's you want. Let's do some song picks. Fuck Let's yeah. do some song picks. Song picks. Of the motherfucking. Who's going first? Bro, just I'll, I'll do okay, a song. Yeah, yeah, RBL. We're doing RBL. Fuck you. Yeah. RBL? Most yeah. definitely. Okay, okay. I like her style. Hey, start it off for me. I got you. Good. RBL Posse, bounce to this. Ooh. Here's the hard hater, the opener off album number two, uh, Ruthless by Law. 
a fucking one of my favorite tracks i remember bumping <laughs> back in the day dude it yeah. just it, it was a, a dope one and black sea's killing it on the fucking track all right i like your style so play it up yes sir bounce to this rbl posse shout out to black sea turn this up loud in the ears Well, here's a little ghost from the half of the group you like the most. Straight from the Frisco City West Coast with something up my sleeve. It's just my pet people about these niggas who be tripping about these niggas who be tripping about these niggas. Oh my God, they thin feel. He's one of them some victims with some jaws that got swill. With oh. the hard blow from the steel toe boots. Cause mama always said, boy, put them feet the juice. And don't get mad cause we won't flip flop. Cause RBL's just like a truck with no brakes. Punk it, don't stop. Like Tony the Tiger, you know our shit is like great. Cause we Ain't coming corny like some you the place. So any mini money mo should a nigga pick a hoe. I think I squat to the house for the gat. I bring us back some endo, pretend If you wanna, I think I'm gonna step to the back and bust a cap and watch a real ass nigga scat. See it be on no my block. We popping a cop with the glock. Even them young niggas giving shots. We gives a fuck about a cop for getting our propers by burning cops like Nag Chopper. So what uh, you can smoke an apps to this biatch while my niggas on the road smoking stogan all A crack sack and a fat smack with a motherfucking nut sack and bust back in the battle. I'm like a rattlesnake, I don't fake. Bust one cap out the eight in my gun. Run, you get stunned. I'm shooting for fun. I'm like a warrant, having niggas on the run. It's the BLA to the C to the K. A nigga from that there city by the bay. Yo, nigga who gets his mug on and Mac on. But anyway, yo, any day we can get him up or shoot him up. Having that ass bounce three times while my nigga schooling you. It's like three into the chewing, chewing to the one with the bang. It was a lesson to be learned, but that's another thing. But niggas still ain't learned they lesson So we continue to make hits While you suckers keep guessing Our style, our motherfucking flavor But don't you even trip If you can't cater to the needs of party people Making a move and getting a groovin' But two nigga Frisco hats and Nike shoes can And no one told me but I know I'm going major Bounce to this, RBO Posse Fuck yeah, hell yeah Shout yeah. out, yeah. Shout out you got to one? Black C. Yeah, I'm right. just gonna do it, dude You can give me no man Ruiz? Yep Get him because someone's got to play it. Fuck yeah. I mean, we can play all the fucking... Remember, we always talk about this on the podcast. Play it. We always, like, pass up the... Yeah, yeah. No, definitely play Bammer. Oh, it's a, the, the right in front of you. The right in you front of your nose. Because we're like, sure. oh, we want to play something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> we want to be well, so different. It's so not we cool pass up to play the cool. Bounce to this is a fucking hitter, too. Oh. Don't... That's the opener. Don't of get my two. boy Sweaty don't you wrong. Dare. Don't get my boy Sweaty J wrong Don't you dare. Here. Sweaty J don't but, yes, play. We need to hear some fucking... Don't give me no bammer. My nigga sits right from the AC. He's still sweaty, Jay, in the house. I don't understand how this boy does it. I love this. The AC's man. off. Man, this is a timeless track right here, bro. Hey, up, Made in '91. It's just hard as a motherfucker. Sweaty Jay, don't play. Tell him. 
Don't give me no bammer, dog. <laughs> cool him down. That bear make me sweat. Don't give me no bammer weeds. We don't smoke that shit in the SFC. Don't give me no bammer weeds. We don't smoke that shit in the SFC. Don't give me no bammer weeds. We don't smoke that shit in the SFC. And like we learned earlier, it's don't give me no Bama joint. Don't, don't smoke, smoke that shit in Hunter's Point. Hard. Don't give me no bammer joint. It's the black seat nigga getting straight to the point. I was chilling outside on a hot day. It was me and my niggas just check what I say. Let's fade, let's go see the dank man. They'll fade if they is my friend. A few niggas pitched in. Let's go to the store so I can get some gin. Oh no, no. straight hen I gon' mine with a little dab of coke and a nigga doing fine. So now we got a nitro. We up, yeah. Let's go get the bendo. Info deep, we creep. It's about to be a party in the 5.0 G. Straight jet to the mirror. One nigga in the back had a Saint Ice beer. Earl like fuck in my backseat. I made him buy five grams and clean up the mess. G straight and dog with no chaser. Fuck that beer, ain't nothing greater. A B R name C, and you gotta pause when you get to the D. D for dank, D for drink, but not D for the dope that's stacking my bank. It's only two things that I smoke: a punk ass nigga or a pipe full of endo. I like nothing but the real McCoy, straight dank. Fuck a bammer joint. That's hey, stamp that shit for fucking now to eternity. Oh, that's a song that plays forever. Those are timeless, yeah. bro. Like that's a timeless. <laughs> what do you right want? There, you want Give bluebird? Me bluebird, brother. <coughs> Hell yeah. I feel like I'm smoking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Inhale, exhale. <coughs> I'm getting it in my fucking throat. <coughs> Inhale, exhale. Give me that bluebird. I want that backwards beat. <coughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> Woo. That's why I can't pass a drug test, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you'll pass the test. <laughs> you might get a D minus, but you'll pass. You gotta take the study, study high, take the test yeah. high, get yeah. high score. <laughs> that reverse is hard. There's a bluebird on my shoulder. So hard. There's a bluebird on my shoulder. There's a bluebird on my shoulder. And there's a bluebird on my shoulder. Can I kill it? There's a bluebird on my shoulder, can I kill it? There's a bluebird on my shoulder, can I kill it? 
slump either but i mean no, yeah play it in the car <sighs> dunk play it with a, a car with 12 <laughs> maybe a couple <laughs> like back in the day yeah you hurt and just man. dump it is just fucking dump them out dog. one of the great ones oh yes for sure one of the great ones one Time, of those ones you're timeless. talking about matt that's gonna live forever forever timeless, forever, forever timeless Fucking shout out to Black Sea. Yeah, thank you, Black Sea, for spending spend some time with us and talking with us. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we can bring you some more. 2022 turned out to be the year of the guest. Yeah. I know I promised it in 2018. And I said it in this 2019. This man's still going. Taco <laughs> and rims on people's We bikes. really tried 2020, to. 2020, we tried. Yeah. It got hard in 2020. Coronavirus really fucked us. Like I said, man. 2021, we came back strong. Yeah. The man is over here on your right or your left. The man came through. He fit in like a motherfucking like, a, like, the, like a wheel on a bike, man. Yeah, He's man. Spun. Sig has been Perfect. here. Perfect now. Check it out. Sig has been here as long as Kevin now. Yes. If not longer. If you add up there, if we did a timeline, mm. I think. Let's put it on the graph. Their graph would be about <laughs> the same. We're like Blink-182. We got a new drummer, and the songs are harder, dude. Maybe Shit. Nirvana. Well, that's Maybe something Nirvana. that we need to talk about, too, because there's somebody that uh, we talked to <laughs> very early on in the podcast um, from a very, very popular local band. 
Uh, and he went yes, back sir. out on tour. Why don't you go ahead and drop the name? Stadium mm. Drive? Nope. No, mm. what's, oh, no, what is it called? Skylet Drive. Skylet Drive, that's right. Mm. They that's went right. back on tour with their original lineup. Yeah. Minus their lead singer, but their lead singer has the rights to the name, mm. so they can't use a Skylet Drive. They don't even drop all the extras. We're There's gonna a get lot the man of information here, here yes, that we're gonna we're, we're going to get the man in here to tell that story. Let's get it. Looking, looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Please, gonna please. Many more to come. Yes. Many more hitters. Oh. Mm-hmm. Year, of the than, many, Year of the Lord. You didn't think there were going to be hitters, but mm. they end up being hitters around here. Yeah, always. always, always hitters. And if you're here next week, there's another hitter coming your way—a retake Ooh. on your boy Illogic, and he's coming through to make sure that he spits the right Special shit guest again. Announcement. We're gonna let him know. Name drop him. Hey, if you're even here this Give long, if you're here this long, then you're a true milkhead. So yeah, for listen, sure. If you are a true milkhead, then you would know that <clears throat> he's coming back. Yes, sir. This would be the third Illogic. Is it opportunity? <laughs> This is, is a second. Se- this is our second. second, our second uh, interview with Logic and uh, the third, uh, the third chance, third yeah. chance. We'll yeah. be, uh, I, I guess, yeah. The first one didn't work. Yeah, we'll be talking. Right. <laughs> we'll right. be talking. It's not that it didn't tons work. Tons of good stuff. The man. internet, the internet wasn't working. Well, yeah. Last time, uh, our internet, we had some uh, technical difficulties. That's, that's the second happens. time. The it second happens. time, but uh, it would be second, so it'd be uh, the third now. This time we're second. Yeah, okay. Well, guess what? It's coming back. We're working good. We're doing it big. If we keep them you down. guys don't want to fucking. You guys are trying to kayfabe me. That's fine. Well, you kayfabe me all you want. Trying to sell it. Shoot. This is a shoot. But I'm looking forward. This is a shoot. I'm looking forward to this time having strong internet connection and being able to talk to Hell Logic yeah. and getting some more of those stories sure. of him coming up in that Northwest uh, hip hop community, Midwest yeah. hip hop community with Midwest. Uh, yes. Yeah, with yeah. Slug and you got to pray. You got to pray it all works fools. out. Your boy's here. Yeah. Your don't call it Northwest because sometimes you do. And uh, no, it's I'm gonna. Midwest. No, yes, it is. It's Midwest. Yes, Some, I said Midwest. Uh, sometimes uh, you've accidentally said Northwest. Well, you know, I love the Northwest too because the talking, Northwest brings a lot Car- of great. The North- Kanye's daughter. The, you're the great Northwest would be uh, California, Oregon, you're talking Washington, yeah, yeah, yeah. Northwest. There's some great um, music that comes from yes. there. Midwest. Hey, Illogic coming out of yeah. Ohio. Can't wait. Next week, no people. Tune the yeah. fuck in. Tune the fuck in. <laughs> so if you're here with us now, we appreciate the fuck out of you. If you're not. You got to get milk out here, motherfucker. And thank you very much once again to Black Sea for joining Milk Crates and Microphones on this beautiful Friday night, taking time out of his night to talk to us about his past and future endeavors, and we look forward to hearing new music coming from him. Also, look forward to the new podcasts that are going to be coming out because we have a lot of great guests. We have Illogic coming up next week, and then we have a very special guest coming up for the 28th, which will be our special Halloween episode. You do not want to miss that one. I promise you, you don't want to miss that one. That's, no. that's going to be one We're for the We're getting real spooky. Getting real spooky. spooky. Thank you, Yamas, for coming and doing your Anytime. thing. My boy, Nonsense, Infamous. Yes, you know how it goes down. Modify. Love you. Love you. Modify. Description. Yeah, I need Love you, brother. Appreciate the fuck out of you. And if you know what, if you're here with us tonight, we appreciate the fuck out of you. Because God didn't create this shit, but we did. And we created it just for the hip-hop heads. So guaranteed to bring you the heat. Be with us next week. This your boy, The Infamous Nonsense, saying peace. Uh, we're going to be back next week. You already know. We're going back to back. Back to back. Yes, but sir. Here doing it with us. You know who it is. JS3, Triple Sig. Thank you so much for doing your thing. We really fucking appreciate you. We love you. Couldn't do the podcast without you. I'm glad that we have this chemistry in this room. And we're going to continue to do this until the wheels fall the fuck off. And they're getting close to falling off. So, guys, get ready. We're we're down to three, I think. There's fire. There's fire. I think we're down to three wheels. We ride till the wheels fall off. That's That's how we do it.
That's how we do it. Milk think people. We're down to three. We love you. We fucking we really love, love you. you. All right, keep riding with us. Cause it's a great day. It's a, it's not just a great day. <laughs> it's a great night. Thank you again, Sick, sure for joining is. us. I am B Sick One Rye saying, do not kill yourself, America, because we love you. Peace the fuck out. Say hey, thanks to Black C again. Peace, peace, peace. Thanks peace, to peace. all the MCMP alumni and everyone sticking with us. All you milk people, we fucking love you. Yeah. Peace the fuck out. Say goodnight, John. Don't do it. Don't do it. Goodnight, John. Don't listen to that guy. Goodnight, John. You say goodnight, John. Goodnight, John. Goodnight, John.